0: Coming up on Chasing the Natty, the transfer portal is officially open and the infinite possibilities of it are here for us to enjoy. We'll be breaking down all the transfer news since last Monday and let you know how this will impact CFF 2023, both good and bad. To help us break all this down, we have Chris Kay and Brandon Sanders from the CFF team at Campus of Canton joining us. All this and more coming right after this.
1: Teppy looking to Jared Stearns, who makes the catch and scores!
0: What a burst! Trey Von Henderson! As advertised, touchdown Buckeyes! This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. all right welcome in everybody this is jared palmgren host of the Chasing natty podcast i hope you guys are having a wonderful ride to your work on this monday morning getting close to christmas hope all of your workplaces are just kind of slowing down maybe just a little bit or everything's getting super hectic and you can't keep up with anything anymore uh just like the transfer portal and all the news that we got to get to on that today but again welcome back guys i got two awesome guests here with me from the cff team here at campus of canton You know one of them from the Burning the Redshirt podcast and the other one you know from, actually you know both of them from the Bet on C2C podcast and then you know one of them from the Burning the Redshirt podcast and the other one you know from the uh, Future Freshman podcast as well. Please welcome on on Mr. Chris K. and Brandon Sanders. Chris, first to you, sir. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Good. Can't complain. I'm I'm excited for bowl season. I'm excited for portal season. It's uh, been extremely insane to say the least so it's gonna be fun to talk about and see what everybody else thinks about uh, all these different moves
0: oh yeah we got again we got so many different names we're going to be getting to today but brandon before we get to that how are you doing today sir i'm doing well man uh finally got
2: a sunday off uh, and getting used to the new job this is going to be way better than watching my different broncos play because they are not riding at all and uh, Russell Wilson still owes us $200 million. But other than that, I am excited for bowl season. And I'm excited to talk it up with you guys. Uh, the transfer portal is red hot. And I'm excited to get into that and talk about it. So just happy to be here and back on and back on the feed. So it's good to be back.
0: Yeah, both of you guys have been doing awesome work for the CFF community as well. Uh, I loved your, you guys' as a uh, Bet on c to c podcast throughout the season. You guys did a great job with that. Chris K., you, Andrew, and Zach over there have been killing it with the Burning the Redshirt podcast easily a weekly listen for me every week now brandon um i know bet on c to c is done is an in-season show but uh future freshman podcast can we expect that to be hopping up here pretty soon
2: Pretty soon. Uh, we're
0: actually uh, we're waiting until, of course, you've seen it on the feed that we're having early
2: signing day, December 21st. Um, so we're waiting for that to hit. Uh, there is an interview, I believe, at the beginning of the new year. I think we're going to have a guy from Penn State that you might want to hear from. So mm-hmm. uh, look out for that. I uh, will have uh, Colin uh, joining me for that one since he's a, a Penn State guy himself. Uh, so we'll be doing an interview there. That's going to kick it off. We're going to do like a recap of what uh, happened in 2022. And then, sure enough, sir, after that, I'll be contacting the guys from the official we'll be doing a cream of the crop for 2023 and getting the ball rolling. So I'm excited. Um, we did pretty decent with the big fish, small pond. So I'm excited to get back to that. Uh, there's some diamonds in the rough that I'm ready to, uh, to bring to the world here. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked.
0: Yeah, I'm stoked as well. Chris, what are you guys doing over there with Burning the Red Shirt? What can we expect from you guys over the next come, uh, couple of months?
1: Uh, we've just been doing a lot of 2023 stuff well i think that we're our best stuff is more just random conversational conjecture about what's going to happen six months down the line i think that was our most fun stuff and i think also too like reception has always been fun we just did like a mock draft recap with froton which that guy is an absolute trip but the dude's a genius it's hilarious that those things can be together but Um, just, uh, I think consistently talking bowls, talking 2023 and things like that. And, uh, you know, I was going to give you some props here, Jared. We, I don't know if you've listened to this past week's, uh, podcast, but we called Mike Bainbridge, the hardest working man in CFF. And then I also threw it that you had to be one of the best or hardest working in the, in, in the space as well. So you've, you've done one hell of a job, Brandon as well, but you for sure have been crazy busy this season.
0: Well, I appreciate the flattery, okay, K, and I will send the check to your mailbox here in just a little <laughs> bit. Thank you.
1: My Venmo is Chris K. 2 Thank you. There you go.
2: There you go. Um,
0: yeah, well, let's get right on into this. We got a ton, ton of guys to talk about here. We'll get to the transfer portal here in a bit. But first, we also got to talk about some of these coaching changes that have been kind of going on here. And oops, <clears throat> let's get it on the right guy here. There we go. We got four different coaches that we can talk about here. Some of them moving head coach to head coach. Some of them going from offensive coordinator position to offensive coordinator position. But it's not very often you get a guy out there who goes from a head coaching position to an offensive coordinator position. Very incredible job here from Deion Sanders, the new head coach over at Colorado, for pulling this one off. Sean Lewis, the head coach of the Kent State Golden Flashes, going to join, like I said, Deion Sanders over there at Colorado. Very big move for Colorado right here. I think this will help them getting an offense off the ground and moving very quickly. You got Shadow Sanders, more than likely, I would say near 100%, going to be the starting quarterback there. A dual threat guy in his own right. And I think Sean Lewis is very easily able to work with guys like that. We've seen with Dustin Crum. We've seen it with Colin Schley this past year. Should hit the ground running real quick and make it a very, very attractive spot for offensive talent here. Kay, we'll start with you here first. What do you think about this move right here?
1: I love this for Dion. I think Dion, I think everybody agrees Dion is a smart guy. He knows what he's doing, but he's kind of playing CEO role here. You know, he's recruiting, he's getting boosters, getting money. And oh yeah, let me bring in like this insanely young, great offensive mind. I think this is incredibly uh great move for him very selfless in a sense right like I don't know what he's going to have his hands on but bringing in a guy like him and I think their defensive coordinator too is another big time name so I love this for Colorado like if you're thinking that Colorado could have success day one or year two day one you know um it has to be with moves like this so I think from a fantasy perspective it's awesome and then I think from just a wins and losses perspective it's great
0: yeah absolutely Brandon what are your thoughts on it Uh, I think it's fantastic as far as offensively, that was something I was looking
2: at. Uh, The great thing about Prime is that when Prime time, he's a recruiter, he's a guy that's been at the NFL level. So he knows how to develop those kids and knows what to expect. So he comes from that aspect. So a CEO mindset, from Dion, and then getting these guys to be their X's and O's is kind of what we were hoping that he would do and then bringing on these great things, just like Kay was saying. I think it's fantastic, and I think it's very smart of Dion, and I think it's a good one. And we've seen it all over the place, whether you're watching uh, 24-7 or on three, or, you know, the videos and stuff that are coming out. Like, Dion's all over the place right now, and there's some of these guys we'll talk about here later where he's got his hands in the cookie jars and everywhere, so wouldn't be surprised if this is a quick turnaround and we're looking at, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say USC level, but I would think, you know, this is going to be a very steady decline or uh, incline, excuse me. And then we're going to see some Pac-12 where Colorado is actually not, it's going to be a competitive team and probably possibly reach a bowl game if all goes well. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, this is a great hire. And I expect some people from that Kent State area to maybe follow suit to Colorado. But we will see.
0: Yeah, I would love to be able to just point to different players and say like, this is going to benefit him with fantasy, benefit with him. The problem is the people who are most likely to benefit are probably not on campus yet. Again, Shadow Sanders is probably the only one here I could definitely point out here. Whatever wide receivers they get out of the portal should definitely benefit here. We will definitely see. Let's move on over to another one here. We got this one kind of caught a lot of people off guard, but at the same time, in some ways it makes sense. We got Scott Satterfield, the head coach at Louisville. Moving over to Cincinnati. Cincinnati head coach position opens up after Luke Fickle goes off to Wisconsin. They start their own head coaching search, and they land with Mr. Satterfield here. Satterfield has brought brought, up CFF legends like Malik Cunningham. We have seen him do very well in in these uh, ACC and AAC conferences before. Brandon, we'll start with you on this one. What are your thoughts overall on this one?
2: So when a lot of people think about that, they think of Cincinnati, um, you know, as like almost a step down, but that's not the case because Cincinnati is now becoming a P5 team starting next year. So this is actually more of a, uh, I wouldn't even say a lateral, more of just a horizontal, you know, type move here. So Uh, I think it's great. Uh, Cincinnati has some pieces there. I'm kind of concerned about the Tyler Scott share that I have, but other than that, uh, I think Satterfield's a good mind. I think whoever does uh, take the helm there at Cincinnati is in for a lot of production, because as we saw with uh, Cunningham and then the ones before him, that they definitely like to move out of the pocket and be a little bit freer with there. I'm just a little worried about the wide receiver room a little bit, but uh, you know, We'll, we'll wait and see what he comes up with and who's who's looking at. I, I haven't really heard if uh, they're keeping the OC or not. Uh, you guys will have to kind of keep me posted on that. But I don't know if he's bringing his own crew or not. But uh, as far as Satterfield as a mind, he's, he's a great coach. And I think, uh, you know, this is a good horizontal move for him. Maybe he just wanted to change the scenery. But uh, keep a lookout for his quarterback next year. I, I'm kind of digging that so far.
0: Yeah, one named Evan Prater, uh, unless he transfers out of there. I actually think this makes him a lot more of an attractive option next year. Kay, what do you think about that?
1: Cincinnati was a fairly fun spot for fantasy purposes beforehand. Not great for receivers, but great for, you know, we saw like Desmond Ritter be super productive. Malik Cunningham is like a more dynamic, faster version, but like Ritter is obviously really athletic and talented. I This hasn't moved the needle that much for me because I think that Cincinnati was and can be a very productive spot for CFF. So I like the move. But it's definitely not a downgrade. You know, I'm not looking at it like, oh my god, now this is where shares of X Y Z have just gone, are going to go to die, right? Um, but this doesn't move the needle as much as probably you know the Colorado situation here, and then the next couple guys that we're going to talk about. I think those really have an impact on CFF.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. Also, just to clarify, maybe I'm being a little paranoid here. I feel like I accidentally said Desmond Ritter instead of Evan Prater earlier. And just to be clear, I'm talking about Evan Prater, the quarterback at Cincinnati, not a guy who's not been there for two years. Um, No, you said, I think you said Prater. Okay, I'm just thinking, I don't don't know why. In in the back of my mind, all of a sudden I started thinking, I was like, did I say Desmond Ritter? I'm going to sound like such an idiot if I said Desmond Ritter. Anyway. Satterfield moves on from Louisville. Of course, Louisville has to go and hire their own guy, and they get the guy that we pretty much have been expecting them to go and try to get for the last couple of coaching cycles, and that is Jeff Braum out of Purdue. Braum being a Louisville alumnus just makes a lot of sense right there. He runs a very pass-heavy system, very good offensive system over there at Purdue. Bring it over to the ACC, where the defenses are not nearly as stout. I think there could be a lot of fun to be had here in Louisville with Jeff Brom at the helm next year. We'll get into who his possible uh, quarterback of the future there with Aiden O'Connell going off to the NFL this year. Kay, what are your initial thoughts on Brom going to Louisville? I think this
1: is great. I mean, we saw Purdue consistently churn out productive quarterbacks, receivers, I mean, even this fantasy in terms of, like, DFS season, we saw uh, running backs be super productive, True. Uh, which has been awesome. They get them involved in the passing game, which is always clutch when you're not super talented as a running back in an offense. But I think this is great. I think there's a one specific player that could go there that makes it a really fun situation. But, you know, ACC doesn't – like you were kind of mentioning, Jared, like ACC is going to have a better – uh, CFF aspect for Braum and his offense, because I think the Big Ten typically tries to go a little bit slower, a little bit more run heavy, a little cold, you know, snow and all that crazy stuff. So I mean, this is about as good as it gets, right? I think cool players now are very relevant. Um, And they have a lot of talented receivers, and they always have. It's just been kind of this offense like field and once before. It just haven't been super inclined to focus on one or two guys um and like create those big big seasons big games
0: yeah you gotta love it if you if you're holding on to tyler hudson from this past year and like a dynasty league you gotta love the way the things uh turn of events have happened here Marshawn ford if he comes back another year that could be really interesting we saw Peyton durham do really well for cff this past year i believe he was tight end four on the year so maybe we find, we get a bounce back year from mr ford Brandon, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Um, very close to what Kay said. I'll go ahead and say the ACC is the Power 5 version of the MAC. Um, so, basically, if you're looking for anything offense, the ACC is where you want to attack. So, I think this is very clever. Um, I forgot what statistic that I saw, but Brahm is uh, his offense in particular. Like, he runs a ton of passes. And with the quarterback that we're probably going to discuss here very shortly that could be coming in as with Brahm, that's very, very intriguing and i think uh this could be very very beneficial like you're saying had Marshawn ford on a dynasty for two years and have had to sit him multiple times it would just be nice to use him one more good year before he moves off to the sunset so needless to say uh I, this is great for uh for cff purposes um Braum is excellent and we saw what he did there's one wide receiver that they're going to hyper focus shout out to uh cf Re- redraft star mr chuck sizzle aka charlie jones uh that pairing and if we start seeing something like that with the possible incoming quarterback and maybe a, a wide receiver he becomes friends with and starts to you know hang out with in the off season we'll look for that but that could be the combo guys and I think in the ACC that's uh that's perfect
0: yeah absolutely and speaking of ACC we'll go to a guy who is changing schools within the ACC this one caught me off by surprise quite a bit I knew this guy would be a pretty hot commodity I didn't think that this would be the school he would go to though Robert Anay, the offensive coordinator at Syracuse, former offensive coordinator at Virginia, the guy who made guys like Bryce Perkins and Brendan Armstrong household CFF names. He is now going off to his third ACC school here. He has been hired as the offensive coordinator over there at North Carolina State, which is quite the move after we have gotten used to NC State being kind of this more conservative offense. Maybe CFF relevant here and there. Devin Leary had a really nice year, but that's because they really gave him all the touchdowns <laughs> that year. They couldn't get any kind of run game going there. But now you bring in a guy who has made, like I said, Brandon Armstrong. This past year, Garrett Schrader looked really good. If you have an MJ Morris share, you got to be hopping out of your seats here, at least hoping they don't bring in another quarterback here. Again, we can get to that just here in a little bit. But, Brandon, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Robert and A going to North Carolina State?
2: Uh, well, one, you know, for the rivalry purposes, a little bit tougher. Uh, it will be an interesting mashup. At least we're going to get a lot more a, of an offensive one. Uh, NC State likes to ground and pound, um, but not anymore. It seems like to open it up. This is really good for your shares of uh, guys like Porter Rooks. We'll drop a name for freshmen coming up, Javante Vereen, uh, coming out of going to be a tight end there uh at nc state he's a good one to look at um and also the guys like devin carter who might be coming back for another year so this is really really great for that um hoping mj morris stays because i like mj morris in his play uh but there's a rumor about another quarterback and we'll talk about that but if he comes in with the arm that he has man what a uh, what a division uh the this part of the uh not the coastal, but the uh, the Atlantic Division of the ACC is going to be uh, definitely. We'll be looking forward to the Louisville and State matchups there in that division. That'll be
0: pretty awesome. Okay, what are your thoughts, man? I think it's great. I mean,
1: there's a t- what's really interesting to me is they need running back help. They need receiver help in terms of like solid producers that proven things. Like I think they have some random players that can definitely show out. But like in this transfer portal era that we live in currently, it's like, we have all these dudes on the East coast that have hit the portal that we'll talk about. And I yeah. think there's, if they don't get one or two of those guys, right. I, I could see them getting a receiver or running back and a quarterback yeah. all from different schools. And it would all make sense. And it'd be super helpful for them. Like they can't be rolling out Jordan Houston again, at running back. No. Like they just can't. Right. Like, and they have some talented guys for sure. I think it was Timmons was the freshman, right, um, Brandon? That was really pretty good out wide as a receiver for them. But like, you need some dudes here in this offense. And it, it, in like UVA years back, like three, four dudes were super productive. So I think mm-hmm. this is a really fun one. I think at Syracuse, he saw that you know, if he could get out of there and make some money and go somewhere else the, in like a big time, top notch program like an NC State which isn't insanely high, but it's a good it's a good program for sure. Um, why not, right? So I think uh, that was a, a smart move for him and a, a great move for CFF players for sure.
0: And the one last thing I'll add on here is that for those of you who might be lamenting your Garrett Schrader shares, like when you first heard this news, fear not, uh, the quarterbacks coach over there, um, I forget his name off the top of my head. Oh my goodness. What was that, Kay?
1: The former yes, BYU Beck. quarterback?
0: Yes, uh, Beck is staying over there at Syracuse. He has been promoted to the offensive coordinator. A lot of people, there's been rumors saying that he is actually the one who really kind of drives that system over there, or at least knows how to run it well enough to where you shouldn't fear too much for your Syracuse guys over there. They're going to be running a very similar system next year. So, that is our coaching changes. We'll get over here to the transfer portals. But Kay, you know what? One of my favorite parts about having you on the show is—is
1: it—is it lamenting about how wrong I was on certain people?
0: No, it's the fact that you can't skip this part like you do when you <sighs> listen to the show because you got to listen to my <laughs> spiel. Oh no, a spiel.
1: Okay, I got go to listen to the spiel
0: that's <laughs> been updated. If you guys are listening to this on podcast make sure you're following us make sure you are leaving those five star reviews those are always fantastic if you're watching this on youtube make sure you like comment and subscribe love talking to you guys down there in the comment section love hearing your thoughts on all of these things whether it be coaching hires transfer portal news guys we there's so much to talk about like don't be shy there is there are no dumb questions there are no dumb comments i love discussing it all with all of you guys We are part of the CFF team here at Campus of Canton. It is myself, Nate Marquise, Brandon Sanders, Chris Moxley, Chris K., and Ethan Sowers. We got all sorts of content coming at you guys. We got podcasts, articles, rankings. CFF ADP will be returning starting in January. We'll be getting that up and rolling. Chris K. has been doing an awesome job, as well as Ethan Sowers and Brandon Sanders. They've been doing a great job with the CFF DFS, making you guys a ton of money throughout the season. So absolutely continue to listen to them see i cut it down k it's so much shorter than it used to be dude the,
1: the transition was incredible thank was you like I, I didn't even see it coming you just straight smoothly got in there this that's great it brought, that's
2: man. the best part is trying to get k to be off guard so he just he doesn't even know it's coming that's I what he no exactly yeah
0: just completely that was great just well completely done. blew by him go check out all the awesome content we got over at campus very easy to navigate website now you can absolutely find everything you need for your DEVI, C2C, and CFF leagues over there. Gentlemen, let's get into Paluza 2023 edition. It has been an absolutely wild this past weekend. The transfer portal officially opened up this past Monday on December 5th. For those of you who don't know, NCAA has changed the rules slightly this year to where there are now transfer portal windows. Rather than you can transfer in and out pretty much whenever you want, you have to you have to enter and exit the portals by certain dates. December 18th is the close of this transfer portal window, and, and I believe there will be a shorter window opened up after spring practices. So that people, once they figure out where they are on the depth chart, they can change after spring. But it'll be much shorter. This is where we're going to see a lot of the big moves coming into the 2023 season. We saw it in 2022. This period, during the bowl season, during the national championship time, that's when you saw a ton of the big moves. And I just realized the graphic says December 18th. It is supposed to say January 18th, 2023. So, gentlemen, we're going to start with the quarterbacks here. And the first one we'll start with here is the one that really caught a lot of us off guard in the CFF community. We are fully expecting this guy to be a first-round CFF asset next year with the way that he performed this year. Top five quarterback in CFF. We're, of course, talking about Mr. Austin Reed, quarterback out of Western Kentucky. He is in the portal as well as several other uh, Western Kentucky players we're still waiting on maybe one or two other ones that we're keeping our eye out for but they haven't officially entered in so we won't say their names just yet but Chris oh real quick I should also mention that um, currently he does have one crystal ball logged in on 247 for him to go to Louisville that is the quarterback that we were talking about earlier with Jeff Brom so okay Tell me what you think about Austin Reed transferring and what do you think about him possibly landing with Jeff Brom over there?
1: I think super surprising to see him enter the portal, but it makes a lot of sense now with Brom going to Louisville. It's like, okay, well, you know, Austin Reed has been in college football for so many years at this point, but he's been super productive. He's won a bunch of awards and things like that. So we were, I think we were all surprised and shocked when, it came out that he was entering the portal. This is a perfect fit. I think also, like, I know we'll talk about another gentleman here shortly, probably, but I think, like, a NC State makes a lot of sense with, like, a Robert Rene. I think Louisville's the Chiron no-brainer selection, which would be incredible for him for fantasy purposes. And, you know, I mean, he's a good coach, right? is a good coach, yeah. so that's a good fit from a development perspective, so that'd be good for him there. It's also in the state of Kentucky, which is where he's been. So, like, there's a lot of dots that that connect, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and if you're Reed, you're not, you're not going G5, right? Like, no. you're not going to the portal to go to, like, another, you know, school that is similar to Western Kentucky. You're going to go to a bigger program and bigger games to show that you have the talent to play even further. So, I think this would be... Uh, I think this is a win win. I think if Reed goes to Louisville, it's a win for fantasy, you know players. I think it's a win for Reed. I think it's a win for Brom. super similar to the the previous quarterbacks that he's had, but probably a little bit more uh athletic and versatile. He's not like a crazy runner, but he's he's a pretty good runner. So I, it's an incredible fit. This is about as this is about as, as good as it gets, like in terms of where he could go. So I think we all hope that he lands at Louisville.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Outside of him just returning to Western Kentucky and staying in the system that made him a CFF darling this past year. Brandon, what are your thoughts on Austin Reed and the possibility of him going to Louisville?
2: Well, first, we got to talk about the Slack channel went on full meltdown as soon as this happened. (laughs) We went pure, pure panic, speculation abound everywhere. Immediately, our uh, my sister from another mister, Miss uh, Hannah Page, everyone was hitting her up like, What is going on? What's going on? Uh, you know, so poor Hannah was probably in the middle of work and was, and probably was getting these crazy weird texts anyway. So, shout out to Hannah for keeping composure during the whole process. But, uh, you know, we we're freaking out because Western Kentucky is like a gold mine in CFF. This is literally, you know, the, the tree that had. At one time, Mike White, who's starting for the Jets. Bailey Zappi, who is the CFF king. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, we wanted Austin Reed to maybe have only 50% of his production. Well, he had like 60 or 7% was the QB5. So I was like, man, this is as good as it gets, right? And then he enters the portal, and we're like, oh, no, he's going to go P5. And then the speculation was abound. Like, oh, no, he's going to get stuck at a a place where they don't do it. What if he goes to Florida? Please, no, don't do that. You know, like, sorry, uh, sorry, Alfred. Um, but then, uh, you know, but then we heard that his, he had a connection with Jeff Brom. So I, I breathed a little easier. I was like, okay, Purdue's not terrible if he stays there. But when I heard that Brom was likely going to Louisville, I was like, this is as good as it's going to get. If he's going to go to P5, why not do an upscale version of a P5 offense? That I wouldn't say is, is crazy, uh, hyper-passing uh, like Western Kentucky, but it's definitely in the same mindset as far as targeting wide receivers and spreading it out. So this is a, probably as good as it's going to get for Austin Reed as far as at the P5 level. I'm just glad things are shaking out this way. Let's just hope he does that. I also like the NC State thing. I think that's I think that would be very interesting, especially in an A offense. So, um, But I, I like the Louisville fit. I think him and Brom are going to make some magic together this year, so we'll see.
0: So before he entered the portal a lot of us were considering Reed to be a first round pick for next year. I think we all agree that if he goes to Louisville that it'll salvage his value somewhat. To what degree though? I personally think that this makes him about a third round pick going into next year. Obviously I'd have to see how like I'd have to see who stays who goes and everything like that. But that's just kind of how the feel I have comparing him to quarterbacks last year like we thinking about how QBs were valued last year. Mm-hmm. Do you guys kind of agree mm-hmm. with that or would you go a little lower?
1: So burning the redshirt, we did this, like this mock 2023 draft. And funny enough, he was like, I think he was the second pick. Yeah. And it was so funny. We did the, the conversation on the podcast 10 days after we actually did the draft. And I think you're right. I think he's now closer to second to third round, right? Like Cunningham was right on that edge of first and second rounds, you know, insane yeah. upside. Best ball, he was an incredible quarterback because he could go for 70 on any given day, right? Um, I think he's closer to like a Sam Hartman, a Will Rogers last year than he I is agree. a Malik Cunningham just because he isn't that insane runner. Um, Aiden O'Connell was was really, really pretty good when healthy um, yeah. this past year, and he wasn't drafted anywhere near it. But I think... I think if he had better receivers and more um, consistent production from guys like that, that you could maybe push him closer to the beginning of the second round. But I I would only feel comfortable maybe end of second, early third, because he does have arm talent. He does have versatility on the ground, Um, good coaching staff to help him out, which are all key parts of, of that.
0: Yeah, Brandon, real quick.
2: Yeah, uh, I was going to think the second, the bottom second, early third. Um, we got to just see because uh, his value will probably go up depending on what we see as far as transfers coming in and stuff like that. If we get like, a nothing. really solid wide receiver, or if we get, uh, I mean, they got decent running backs there. And I know they lost Reuben Owens and the other two are out, but we still got Jordan there. There might be another running back that's uh, rumored to go. Through to louisville too so you know if they get the right pieces i might be up to maybe go mid-second maybe he'll start climbing to the beginning of the second but we have to wait for that to hit but for right now with just what we're seeing on paper and stuff like that i'd probably say it'd be safe to go to the top of the third for sure
0: yeah absolutely let's move on to our second quarterback here Uh, We'll go through these probably just a little bit quicker, but we'll keep it going regardless. Of course, we're going to talk about DJ Uiangalele, the five-star quarterback at Clemson. Doesn't really look like a five-star anymore, but he was the QB 20 in CFF this past year. Very surprisingly productive year for him. Uh, They let him run a ton, which helped him out on that level, let him get into the end zone several times. It's pretty much consensus that DJ is probably heading back out west where he is from originally. He is a Cali boy. And UCLA currently is the betting favorite. But there are definitely some other options out there. Chris Hummer has said that Oregon State will be in the mix for him. And then a lot of people have speculated that DJ's younger brother, Mateo Uyangalele, who is a stud football player in his own right, is probably going to head to one of three schools, whether that be Oregon, USC, or Ohio State. And a lot of people have speculated that these two will be a package deal together. If that is the case, Oregon seems like a spot where DJ, I think, could probably head over to. Uh, We've already seen them that staff rehabilitate Bo Nix's stock last year. I doubt Bo Nix comes back with Kenny Dillingham moving on to Arizona State. I, or at least I would be shocked if he came back. If Bonix does move on, I think it makes a lot of sense for Uyunglele to head over there. They got a really good offensive coordinator hire and the guy from UTSA. I forget his name off the top of my head. I should remember these things better. But of course, a lot of us have speculated UCLA being our favorite option out of the bunch, because we've seen what DTR has done in that Chris um uh, in that Chip Kelly system the past couple of years. Why not let Uyengalele rehabilitate himself a little bit there against some Pac-12 defenses. Brandon, your thoughts on the matter, and where would you pick DJ to go if you had a pick today?
2: So, one, I'm, I was super shocked to see the QB20. That goes to show you the power of the ACC and the little defense. So if he's going to move, he definitely needs a change of scenery. He just needs to get away, wipe the orange off the helmet, and completely just reestablish him somewhere else. And uh, I think the Pac-12 is a good spot for him, man. whether that's UCLA or... Or it's Oregon. UCLA has been shown. I met Gabriel almost with UCLA before the spot in Oklahoma opened up. So UCLA is not afraid to grab a guy out of the portal and try to, uh, you know, steer the ship there. Even when DTR was there last year, they were trying to look for Gabriel. So I think a good spot would be there. But honestly, I would love Oregon. I I hope Nick's declares. I think Nick's proved himself, you you know, the naked bow standards there, uh, DFS. (laughs) He was he was a king uh, and he's he's Chris's boy. So maybe DJ, you might be Chris's new boy. I don't know. We'll have to get some thoughts there. Mm.
1: (laughs) All season, but uh, more for like reliability purposes, um, just because he was going to play a bunch. I think the consensus is he has to go West Coast. I think that makes the most sense for him. I don't know if he fits Oregon as much as people think like Bo Nix ran for six yards of carry like he he moves he's not a slow dude and DJU is more big than he big and in a runner is more than he is a uh, like a you know Bo Nix is pretty small you know I wouldn't be shocked at all if he comes back but let's say he leaves I don't think that DJU is the replacement personally so we'll see what happens with it I think UCLA makes a ton of sense I think Oregon State, like you said, Jared, with Chris Hummer saying they'd be in the mix. Like Oregon State's making moves. They got some players on offense. Like they
0: really I really see the
1: medical way. Yeah. I mean, it makes complete sense from that standpoint. So I don't know if it's a comparable one to one. Dillingham's gone as well. That does that changes things for Oregon. So we'll see what happens. I think as long as he goes west coast, he'll be fine. You know, what about Arizona State, right? Like, yeah, he's a better version of Emory Jones to me, right? Amber Jones is gone, right? I think that that offense would be pretty, would really be pretty good with a DJU at quarterback. And in the Pac-12, everything is up for grabs. You know, it's like an ACC light in a sense where nobody plays defense, just yards everywhere. So I think that's where uh, consensus, West Coast for sure, just a matter of which one.
0: Yeah, I love the Arizona State call out there. I think that would be another great landing spot for him. Moving on to our third quarterback here, we got to talk about Mr. Spencer Sanders, quarterback out of Oklahoma State. The QB 36 in CFF this past year. At one point, was the number one quarterback in CFF. Then injuries started to catch up a little bit. Oklahoma State not performing well the rest of the season there. Betting favorites, according to bookies.com, says that Florida actually is the number one place that they would say for him to go. I don't necessarily know about that, but they also have Notre Dame and Wisconsin there. I think any one of those three makes sense. All three of them looking for places for him to go. He could move down a level to the G5 maybe. I'm also going to throw this one out here. I have no basis that this is actually happening whatsoever, but I'm just going to throw it out into the ether just to scare a bunch of people about their true shares. Mike Urich was his primary recruiter at Oklahoma State, and he is currently the offensive coordinator at Penn State. So maybe they bring that connection back up. Maybe they don't think Drew Aller's ready, and they ride one year Spencer Sanders over there. Again, no basis in terms of that's actually happening. I just found that out, and I was like, you know what? That could be a really, really funny thing to make a bunch of people freak out. So, Kay, what are your thoughts on Spencer Sanders, and where do you think he'll end up going?
1: Mm. What it, This feels pretty boring out of like a guy that's been really pretty productive In his career and he also feels like he's been here forever so it's so hard to think of where where could Spencer Sanders play like what actual other uniform would make sense on him I don't hate the Penn State call at all I don't think it's I just think they'd be um I think recruits would see that negatively but I think from a perspective of of fit that's a pretty good one I think Wisconsin's probably the best fit uh Luke Fickle's there now, right? Yes, sir. He, he kind of feels like a, a Ritter esque type, right? He's he's mobile, he's agile, he can run around a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's just really a tough situation to imagine him in another uniform. My bet would say Wisconsin. Being in Oklahoma his whole career, like does Florida make sense? Not to me, no. And then like Notre Dame, I think they want a true passer. Um okay. So I, that's why I lean Wisconsin of the bunch but it's it's really I'll be probably shocked at wherever he ends up going. All right Brandon what are your thoughts
0: real quick sir?
2: Yeah. So one, we need uh, we need Ethan and Colin to calm down. It was just a, a you know synopsis. We're just throwing Penn State out into the ether. That's all we're doing, guys. So just calm down a little bit. Uh, but I, I'm for me, it's Wisconsin. I think uh, especially Fickle and with Longo coming in, uh, a guy that knows Longo's system pretty well. I think Sanders can fit right into that mold. That would be great for uh, guys like Chimer DK, and uh, I think the the freshman Bell, uh, as far as their wide receivers, that would be good for them coming back, as well as uh, some possible. Um, Transfer plurals and, and the recruiting that's going on in Wisconsin. I feel like the old days of just Braylon Allen only is uh done. Uh, and I think we're going to see a lot more of a uh, thing. And the thing with Longo is like he knows how to play his running backs well. So don't look at Braylon Allen it's like he's toast or anything like that. He's going to get production because uh, he's. You know, longest system's proven that if you have a one featured back, he's going to use it till the wheels fall off or they get injured and it's on to the next one, basically. So, uh, <laughs> as you can see. Uh, so, you know, shout out Elijah Green. But, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, Spencer, I think this is a great fit for Wisconsin. I don't think Notre Dame, I think that's a Devin Leary fit. Uh, I'm just liking Leary a little bit more, and we'll talk about him possibly coming up soon. Uh, but I like Notre Dame and Leary a little bit more. So I think Spencer Sanders in Wisconsin is a great bridge until they find their next guy to uh, carry the torch.
0: All righty, let's move on to our fourth quarterback here. We're going to talk about Colin Schley. And those of you listening, just let you know, this is going to be a long podcast. I hope you guys are buckled in. Uh, Colin Schley, quarterback out of Kent State, heading out of there. Makes sense. His head coach, Sean Lewis, who's built that offensive system, is out of there. We'll talk about several other Kent State players who are also in the portal here today. So Nate Marquise threw Colin Schley out as a, like, wild card potential like very low chance he enters the portal i don't think nate saw sean lewis leaving kent state coming especially for an oc job the natural thought is that like okay you just follow sean lewis to wherever he went well again shadaro sanders is going to be the starting quarterback for colorado next year that's pretty much a done deal nate mentioned cincinnati and maryland in his article as potential landing spots, Washington made a lot of sense in my opinion, until Penix decided to return. Uh Colin Schley's primary recruiter when he was getting recruited to Indiana is now at Washington. So I thought there might have been a connection there. But again, with Penix coming back, not really much of an open job there for Schlee. I am the of the opinion that I personally think he's gonna stay in the Mac. I couldn't tell you what school there's kind of a like it's almost like with a lot of those max schools that you can almost kind of plug in any of these guys I think any max school that's looking for a quarterback with starting experience will probably go and try to nab him as well I just I personally don't see him trying to move up a level if he wasn't already planning on doing that so who's up here Brandon you go first Brandon what are your thoughts on Schley
2: so I wish uh, nepotism in the Sanders family was not a thing. Uh, not in my personal family, but in Dion's family. So if that wasn't a thing, Colin Schley was the perfect fit for Colorado, especially with Sean Lewis, especially with some of the receivers that's also followed Schley to the portal. That would be amazing to, just to see, uh, you know, something that we saw on the MAC get played in the Pac-12, which I think is just a little bit more of an advanced version there. Uh, so Schley would be perfect in Colorado, but until we see something, you know, Shador is probably starting 100%, at least in game one, and kind of go from there so uh, if we don't do that he's kind of now he's he's limited so it's like okay who do we're looking at so I like the Mac option I think uh I mean a lot of people like DJ Irons but I like Schley a lot better at Akron as though because he's got uh, Adams and a couple guys there that are really really good and uh you know they have a good offensive system at Akron uh there's a couple other ones uh if Gabbard didn't return to Miami with Ohio I'd say Schley and Ohio would have been pretty cool um uh, there's a few options but it, because of the uh the block by the Sanders family there at Colorado. I think he had his one chance at P5, and that was going to be the ticket, especially with Sean Lewis and the familiarity. But because of that, it kind of limits his... Uh... So, I mean, i he goes there may be a higher G5. Uh, uh, I looked at it like this. Uh, this is a, a shot in the dark, too. But uh, who's to say... Uh, you know, the guys down the street at ECU, Hold Nailers is leaving. Uh, Basin Garcia is there. He's looking good, but Schley, I could see him working fairly well in an ECU offense that likes to you know, move mm-hmm. the ball around quite a bit. Uh, so that would be my shot in the dark if he wants to do at least a higher G5. That would be kind of interesting. Kind of like that AAC, something like that would be the higher tier that he could probably go possibly.
0: Okay. What are your thoughts, real quick?
1: I thought that <laughs> like this was super surprising to me, like, a, like Reed at Western Kentucky. I thought for a while he would go back like back to Kent State. I don't think he can go back, right? They have there's nothing left. Everybody left. So well, he, he he hopped
0: wrong. in the portal after Sean Lewis is hired. So this wasn't okay, so this, this wasn't before Sean Lewis. Makes it makes
1: a ton of sense for everybody to, to just to bolt, right? That yeah. shows the impact of, of uh the head coach there. Um I love the East Carolina pick. I think that's awesome. What about like a like a Houston pick, like uh something like that, there right? Like
2: he's he's a
1: good quarterback he's yeah. got an arm he can move like so i think he'd be selling himself short to stay in the mac but we'll see um i think he could go higher g5 and uh be successful and i think east carolina is a really random but good pick for him i don't know if he, there's any allegiance that he cares about right like Colorado's no. not an option so like nah. he's full agent. Yeah, I mean, he just truly just wants to go to the best situation for himself. So I think this will be an interesting
0: spot to see where he lands. He's definitely kind of just sitting, like sitting at home, just kind of seeing what offers pour in, and then he can decide what goes from there. Moving on to our next one here. Going over to Brendan Armstrong, quarterback out of Virginia. A year too late in the portal, in my opinion. Uh, Quarterback 67 on the year for CFF. Tony Elliott completely tanked this Western or this Virginia offense, much to Nate and I's prediction, and much to Chris K's uh, sadness. Sadness for sure. Sadness for sure. Uh, But again, he finally learned his lesson, realized, hey, this isn't working out. I need to get out of here. So he is in the portal. A couple rumors as to where he is going. We have gotten word that West Kentucky and him have some kind of interest with each other. Maybe if that is the case, that would be a dream come true for CFF. I highly doubt it, though. I feel like there are more strong rumors associating with him following one of his former coaches, whether that be Beck or Enae to Syracuse or NC State. Personally, I don't want either of those to happen because I have shares of Garrett Schrader and MJ Morris would rather he just go somewhere else and make himself his own man but we have seen he know and he, he knows this at this point he is a system quarterback he needs the right system to really produce the numbers that he needs so chris what are your thoughts on brandon armstrong and where would you like to see him go
1: i don't think he can go to the portal and then go to western kentucky like i, I think from a fancy perspective that's amazing right oh, yeah. like He literally feels like like a left-handed version of Austin Reed, like literally throw Austin Reed in a mirror. That's Brennan Armstrong. Right. So I think that's an awesome spot for him, but I I just don't see it happening. NC state makes the most sense. I don't think Syracuse, I see the connections. I just don't know if Dino Babers can like really bench Schrader like Mm -hmm. that. Like that just, it just gives off bad vibes, right. In an era where we have to keep guys loyal and the Legion and, things like that that's not a good move for him so I like the NC State pick that would be really tough for Morris because he showed some real uh upside uh the second half of the season when he actually got to play but I think that makes the most sense um which and I think what's really interesting about him is doesn't he have two more years of eligibility with the whole yes with everything that went down technically he didn't lose a year right like so he's gonna be, he should be highly sought after f- from those higher level G fives to the lower level power fives. I would say,
0: especially in a kind of pa- like heavy passing attack. Like they've seen him perform well in those systems. They know he's not gonna throw his shoulder out from the sheer volume of the system. I think that he'll 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 find his place out there somewhere. Brandon, real quick, what are your thoughts on Armstrong?
2: I think it's uh, the smart bet for him to stay in the ACC. I think, uh, especially if he's looking at. Draft stock and stuff like that, but I am. Uh, we've seen it. Western Kentucky has now produced two quarterbacks now in the NFL. So who's to say that Western Kentucky doesn't get looked at? I mean, if anything, it elevates the strong arm of Armstrong. I've uh, heard that uh, Corley's there to stay. He's not really going to move. He wants to be the the main producer coming out of Western Kentucky and try to surpass Stearns and those guys. So if that's the case. I would love Armstrong and Corley. That would be the tag team champions of the world to me. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a far cry and we're, we're hoping that it is the case, but I know the, the percentage is kind of low, but there is talks. It is legit. So, I mean, like, there's, there is talks between the two. It's just a matter of what's going to be right for Brendan Armstrong. And honestly, if I had to really deep down and search for what I think is good for him, he should probably go to NC State, if I'm being honest, as much as I like MJ Morris. Armstrong and NC State would be uh, would be quite the quite an interesting concept for sure.
0: Yeah, I think we all agree. If Armstrong landed somehow at Western Kentucky, easy first round CFF quarterback right there. Speaking of guys that I'm that we're super excited about, this is probably my personal uh, the quarterback I'm most excited about in the portal right now, and that has to be Mike Wright, the quarterback over at Van, or he, who was at Vanderbilt. He's in the portal, don't really know where he's going, but he really showed out for Vanderbilt, really kind of made them more uh, relevant than they have been in the last couple of years. They seem ready to move on. They're going with their, quarter, their freshman quarterback, A.J. Swan, there. I don't blame them. A.J. Swan also looked good. I think that was the best duo that Vanderbilt might have had at quarterback in its entire history. So now what happens with Mike Wright? Sky's the limit, in my opinion, in terms of what happens with Mike Wright. If he lands anywhere in the G5, like at a place where he can start and he's not going to sit behind anybody, I think he has one of the highest upsides at quarterback in the country. He's one of the fastest quarterbacks out there. He's had runs so far this year, this past year of 44, 59, 87 yards. Dude can just absolutely take off wherever he's facing. And if he can get somewhere that's not the SEC and he can face much Less tough defenses. God, I can only really imagine what he could do. So Brandon, your thoughts on Mike Wright. Again, we don't have a ton to go off of in terms of where he could go. Again, I'm just of the opinion that G it's if he lands anywhere in the G five, it's sky's limit. Brandon, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so shout-out to Mike Wright, Week Zero champion. Uh, I know he was one of our our great plays there, me and Kay, when we are talking Week Zero. Um, You know, there's a couple guys that we'll talk about over Week Zero favorites that we enjoyed. Uh, But Mike Wright, man, put on a clinic. uh, And Vanderbilt actually started, you know, Doing really, really well. Uh, I, was, I was stoked to see that uh, Swan went there as far as recruiting. I thought Swan, you know, being SEC, if he was going to be an SEC, Vanderbilt would have been the ticket for him. Uh, I think it's good for Mike Wright to get out of the SEC. Uh, can I think he still play P5? Maybe. Um, But he needs to go to a spot where he can be free to run because he is quite, uh, quite fast and he can get out of the pocket. So he definitely can get stuff done on his feet. So I guess we have to look at, you know, some of the, uh, the possible P5 ones that let that kind of happen to go along with it. Um, Who's to say, I mean, this is a wild shot and I don't know if it would fit, but you know, just, you know, there's people that are looking, uh, uh, Minnesota, uh, Illinois, you know, things like that. Maybe maybe Purdue now, I don't know, like, uh, Brandon, you made but, me
0: cry with the Illinois I'm, I'm Minnesota sorry. picks there, come I'm sorry, on, man, come on, uh, I'm just yeah, trying to see. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry, I'm not trying to be the downer, I'm just trying to say, if he's trying to stay in P5, these are the schools he's probably gonna have to look at, I think G5 would be the best, uh, who's to say, if, uh, you know, the sweepstakes for Brendan Armstrong doesn't go well for Western Kentucky, might write a West Kentucky, hey, yeah. let's go, you know what I'm saying, like, that would be fantastic because him running out, you know, him running. Uh, they got some good running backs that are waiting in the wing if Robichek does, uh, in fact, transfer and stuff like that. So uh, that would be a cool one. Uh, I, I think G5 is his, is his ticket. He just needs to get out of the SEC, and I'm glad he's doing that. So that's all I really got from Mike Wright currently at the moment.
0: Okay, real quick, your thoughts on Mike Wright?
1: I love the Western uh, Kentucky pick. Um, you, know, he, you know who offered him from the Mac? Oh, of who offered him from the MAC? bowling green bowling green oh let's, no. let's go dude right, no so i'm just saying that's a possibility oh yes. you know the perfect fit would be ucf but yeah brp has got another year i don't think yeah, that would no, That wouldn't, wouldn't happen. you know i'm just looking at some of these schools that offered him it does feel like a western kentucky could be fun what about a texas state I'm you know kenny there as the head coach at a texas state right from incarnate word yeah, that feels like a pretty good situation. That quarterback that they had, I think you set the record for most touchdowns, and he's like 5'11, 200. Like, he's not like a big dude. Like, that offense could be successful with a Mike Wright type. Um, I don't know about the connection because he is from Atlanta, Mike Wright is. So, it's not like I was hoping maybe he's from Texas or something, but I think this will be just a straight random random connection, maybe even he might go to UCF and just make us all super upset about <laughs> having to wait two years for it. That's the maybe. kind of move that I think he could make.
0: Yeah. All right. Next quarterback here we got Devin Leary quarterback out of NC State. We kinda already touched touched on him a little bit earlier. Great year in 2021, not so great this year in 2022. QB 123 on the year got hurt even before that point just wasn't producing to the point that he was in 2021. Chris Humber has said that the three names that he is watching out for here are Notre Dame, Missouri, and Illinois. I checked on bookies.com and they say that Illinois is their current betting favorite. I personally am leaning toward more towards Devin Leary feels like a Notre Dame quarterback through and through. Feels like the exact kind of guy that they want to pick up. Tyler Buckner didn't look ready when he started this year. I doubt after this injury, he's going to be ready to start again this next year. They need a a one-year rental, and I think Devin Leary is that perfect guy for them. Now, do I expect him to be a CFF asset if that happens? Probably not. I feel like it'd be one of those things where you might take him in like the 20th round, kind of similar to Bo Nix's here, where it's like, you might take him in the 20th round. And then all of a sudden, just that offense completely surprises you. And he's just back to where he was. But overall, none of these really strike me as a guarantee that Leary will return to form between Notre Dame, Missouri and Illinois. Chris, what are your thoughts on Leary and do any of those places excite you? From a
1: CFF perspective, none of them excite me. Um, He's just not mobile enough for me to ever get excited about a Devin Leary transfer. (laughs) Notre Dame feels like the biggest, safest bet of the bunch. Uh, You know, he's a good quarterback. He just, you know, had a tough situation, got hurt, and just wasn't Mm -hmm. as efficient as he was, uh, you know, the year before in 2021. So Notre Dame feels like the perfect fit for him, the perfect style of offense for him. That would really feel like the surefire. I'd be kind of shocked if he goes elsewhere.
0: Brandon, your quick thoughts on Mr. Leary. Yeah, Leary, uh, he should go, he should probably go to Notre Dame. I'm just,
2: that's the fit. Um, uh, my Luther Burden shares wants Mizzou, but I know that also people are tied with Leary as far as wide receivers in the portal, but waiting for Leary to make a decision. Once Devin makes his decision, there's some wide receivers that are looking to possibly transfer there with him. So, with that, it could be an influx of wide receivers. So, if you're hoping a guy like Burden is your guy for the next year and stuff like that, maybe that's not the case. So, maybe, you know, Secretly, I still want him to go to Notre Dame. I think it's a good pivot, but we're also looking at Notre Dame. That might actually be a really great in the passing attack come next year. I know they're probably hunting another tight end. I don't know. The next one behind Mayer looks pretty strong, so I think he might just be the next man up, but uh, we might need to be looking at him next season as far as a guy we need to look at possibly. So uh, Notre Dame's the ticket for me. I think Larry is a good fit for them, and I think Freeman can use him very well.
0: Yep, and with all of us cons- uh Consensusing on Notre Dame there. He's absolutely ready to go to, like, Oregon State or something. One last quarterback. We'll kind of dive in depth here. This is the only quarterback we have today that actually has picked a location so we can talk about CFF Impact here. That is quarterback Jacoby Criswell. One of my favorite quarterbacks going into the, going into the portal. I pretty much thought he could start anywhere he could go in the country. And, of course, he picked the one place that he probably couldn't start Because we already know that their starting quarterback will be returning next year. Jacoby Criswell is transferring over to Arkansas. KJ Jefferson has already announced that he will be coming back next year. So you're probably looking at Criswell sitting behind Jefferson at least to start the year. Again, I don't think it's outside the question that maybe Criswell overtakes Jefferson. If Jefferson falters a little bit more throughout the season. But overall, I think this is definitely one of those... You were hoping that he would get some immediate playing time out of this transfer, and we're probably going to have to wait another year here for Criswell. So, if you're holding on to him in Dynasty, continue to hold on to him. Brandon, what are your thoughts, sir?
2: All right. I'm saving a little intel for this podcast, so I hope you're ready. Straight out of Chapel Hill, are you ready? So, basically, Criswell, of course, was Arkansas, so it was a natural connection, right? He was going to be the heir apparent to Sam Howe, and then Drake May, decommitted from Alabama, came to North Carolina. The rest has been written in history so far, right? So Chriswell wanting to go back home. He's been wanting to go back home probably since the season. But they gave him a legit chance to go up against uh, Drake. Drake just happened to win, but barely. This was a tight race. I saw it with my own eyes in the spring. You guys were following it closely in the offseason all the way up to week, uh, week one when they were playing or whatever. So Criswell, knowing that he wants to go back home, Arkansas was the fit. Like he was, when he was there, like if he got any play time, he was basically trying out for Arkansas. There really wasn't going to be an Arkansas state or anything like that. He was going to stay in P5. Um, so he, he committed. And from what I'm hearing, when he chose to, that he's been told by Pittman that he will get a legit chance to compete against KJ Jefferson, that there, there's not, I'm saying there's a controversy. I'm not saying that KJ won't start. I'm just saying there will be a legitimate chance that Chris Well will go head to head against KJ and the best man will win the job at Arkansas. So keep your shares. I think it's possible that even if he doesn't, if KJ goes down with injury, you know, God forbid, we don't want any injuries happening. But if KJ doesn't or he struggles in the summertime and Criswell has been known to pick up a playbook and learn it very quickly, um, we could see a possible change of the guard in Arkansas with two years left with Chriswell. So hold on to him. I think it's worth it to stash him. And I don't know if you should be completely concerned about KJ just yet until we see something in the springtime. So that's what
0: I got so far. All righty. Got to love to hear that. Kay, what are your quick thoughts on Criswell?
1: He's not young. He's This is his fourth year. So this is such an interesting pick, right? Like if he wants to go to the NFL in the future, why not just find a place where he's guaranteed, right? He's he's supposed to be talented. Why does he not just pick a place where he can play? Um, I legitimately believe what you're saying, Brandon, that he gets a, has a legitimate shot at winning the gig. I could 100% see KJ Jefferson transferring in that like spring portal window for sure. But it's just weird, man. He's a fourth year guy that is going to be technically on his second year of eligibility next year. It's super interesting because of COVID. And then I think he redshirted, right? So like, this will be, this will be really interesting career wise, but I don't think it's the best move for him besides maybe just being homesick slash just wants to be around family, which by the way, absolutely nothing wrong with him.
0: No, absolutely nothing wrong with that. What? so ever alrighty let's go ahead and move on to a couple quick honorable mentions I want to run through here with quarterbacks again this is going to be a long podcast sorry for all of y'all listening go take a break go grab some water go to the bathroom real quick and then come back to us here in a second but first we'll touch on some quarterbacks here uh, Donovan Smith quarterback out of Texas Tech he is transferring out a lot of people expecting that maybe he go he follows his old coach over to Louisiana Tech that'd be quite that'd be interesting uh, in addition to that, we also have Malik Cornsby, the backup quarterback out of Arkansas. He is heading out of Arkansas. Again, Hudson Card, quarterback out of Texas. Not a ton of news as to where he could possibly go. Nick Evers, the four-star quarterback out of Oklahoma, freshman. He is out of there. That just didn't work out over there. I think he's still got plenty enough talent to where he can be an interesting guy if he were to land somewhere. And then last but not least, we got Jeff Sims, the quarterback of the Georgia Tech. We all knew that he was more than likely outside the door after Gibson and Pyron basically overtook his job. He currently has a 100% prediction rate to go to Nebraska, according to On3. I think that'd be a pretty interesting fit over there with Matt Rule. We'll definitely have to see. All right, guys, we're back. We lost Kay there for a second with some rain and thunderstorms taking out his power there, but he is back. We got him back, and we're going to move on to these running backs over here, and we'll start here. Again, we talked about earlier, we're going to hit some of these Kent State guys, pretty much all of them bolting for the portal as soon as Sean Lewis heads out. And we're going to talk about, of course, the running back, Marquez Cooper. Uh, running back 21 in CFF this year. Absolute killer year for him. Probably would have even been better if Kent State didn't play the murderer's row of Washington, Oklahoma, and Georgia to keep down his production for the most part. So a lot of people would have expected Marquez Cooper to head out and go follow Sean Lewis, maybe over to Colorado. But that's not what we are seeing, really. With the crystal balls that we're seeing over at on three. Currently, he the number one option for him according to on three is actually Toledo. He looks like he is staying in the MAC, at least according to these crystal balls. 38.1% chance there. Ball State not super far behind him in the low 30% there as well. I think either one of those, I would love to see Marquez Cooper head over to. I think he'll kill it at either one. But Chris, your thoughts on Marquez Cooper and the potential for him next year.
1: I think Max, Mac makes the most sense, right? Like he's undersized, although he's not, he's not, he's a smaller guy, but he's pretty thick for his his size. I mean, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. He's not going to replace Chase Brown, right? Like he's yeah. not going to get 300 carries and survive. Um, <laughs> Colorado would have been fun, but you know, I don't think Colorado needs to settle. Also you say, it,
0: Mark. real quick, you say he'd, couldn't get 300 carries and survive. He had 285 this past year.
1: Yeah. Well, those extra 15, Jared.
0: Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right.
1: <laughs> the I said it and I was like, oh, man, Jared's going to call me on this. And rightfully so. Um, I just don't see him in the Big Ten doing that. You know, no. I think the Mac makes the most sense. I mean, we saw what happens. We, we have seen what's happened at Ball State when you give a guy a bunch of carries that's somewhat talented with Carson Steele. So I think. Toledo would be a great spot. Bryant Kobach was awesome for them. So, you know, I think there's a lot of options. If he goes anywhere outside of the Mac,
0: his value goes down tremendously is all I know for sure. I agree 100%. Brandon, your thoughts on Marquez Cooper real quick.
2: I like both, but I'm praying for Ball State, man, because what we saw about another guy we're about to talk about here shortly, if they're just going to feed the running back, Marquez Cooper can handle the load in the MAC. I agree. Maybe not the Big Ten, but MAC. this is Marquez Cooper's playground, and everyone else is just playing in it basically. So if Cooper can go to Ball State, that's what I'm really hoping for, but I think Toledo would be a good fit, and then we wouldn't have to really worry about guessing which running back from Toledo that we want to pick anymore. We can just go with Marquez Cooper. So, hey, it's a win-win either way, and I'm down.
0: Yeah, what a mess that was last year. And then Jarquez Stewart, of course. Uh, Next running back we'll talk about here. We're going to talk about Mr. Blake Watson, running back out of Old Dominion RB42 this past year for CFF. Not a ton of information here regarding where he could be ending up, although on three does have him labeled as their top running back choice for their ranking so far. I think that speaks more to overall this running back class in the transfer portal just isn't as strong as we've seen in past couple of years. Definitely not as some top not as much higher names entering in that could change over the next couple of weeks. But regardless, Brandon, what are your thoughts on Blake Watson? <clears throat> my goodness, what my voice is there. What are your thoughts on Blake Watson? And do you have any kind of random schools you want to throw out there into the ether as to where he could go that me and Kay will love?
2: No, I probably should have uh, hit up Justice and be like, hey, man, what, what are you thinking, man? If he's going to get out of here, where is he going? You know I, mean? are, I
0: already tried. He said he has no clue. <laughs> uh, Justice is paying attention to the defense anyway, so it's
2: all good. Uh, all right, so Blake Watson, like he's a, he's another free agent. It's like Mike Wright. He could really go anywhere, and it could be our worst nightmare, or it could be a solid fit. Uh, I'm liking uh, AAC. I think that would be a good spot for a couple places possibly. Um I don't have a specific school. I think I probably uh, volley this over to Kay and see if he's got any fits or anything like that. But I think oh, I got would, one. I got one, here. Brandon. I, I'm, I'm interested. Go. I'm N-
1: NC State. Doesn't NC State feel like a great fit? He's be a better right. version yeah. of Jordan Houston to me, right? He like he's We're a called. great runner. He's good in the in the passing game. That feels like a good fit would be awesome for CFF standpoint. It stays on the East Coast. You know, like anytime I see like an ODU transfer, ECU transfer, I think, like, okay, who are the bigger East Coast schools that could fit? Um, Like, a lot of times I'm thinking Virginia Tech because that's obviously where I went. So I'm like, well, we don't need a running back. We need a receiver. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But NC State has to get a running back, in my opinion. I said that already. And I think Blake Watson would be an incredible addition. He gets to play in a big time program. He's earned it, and he's a great fit for that offense, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I love that call a lot. Again, Brandon, I think you agree that that would be a ton of fun. I don't I know how it. much that would be for CFF now again, because again with Robert anday, we've seen we saw him do well with Sean Tucker this past year. I think he could do well with Blake Watson in the passing game as well. Blake Watson's shown an ability to catch out of the backfield pretty well. So yeah, I I think this that's a, that's a very nice fit right there. Now, of course, again. That's just us throwing thrown out in the ether. We don't know that that's where he's going to go, or any, no indication whatsoever. He could end up going for <clears throat> end up going to Texas A and M Commerce, for all we know. So, next up here, another Mac running back. Several of these to talk about, but we got Sean Tyler, the running back at Western Michigan. Makes sense; his coach was let go. They bring in Lance Taylor. He was a thousand yard running back this past year. RB fifty for CFF. Western Michigan not quite the offensive powerhouse we've kind of been used to seeing them as recently. I personally think that this is a case of a portal dipper. I think that Sean Tyler ends up going back to withdrawing and going back to Western Michigan. I think Lance Taylor being a running backs oriented coach will make that a bit more appealing because he, Sean Tyler, entered the portal after his head coach was fired. And then you had Lance Taylor get hired afterwards. I'm curious to see if Lance Taylor does a good job at retaining Sean Tyler because I believe Darius Jefferson's out of eligibility, making Sean Tyler easily the number one running back for this backfield. That's just my opinion. Again, he could go elsewhere. I would like him to stay in the MAC, just like I like any of these running backs who are in the portal to stay in the MAC. But that's just kind of my personal feel on it. Kay, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great thing. And by the way, uh, Portal Dipper, you should copyright that because that's awesome.
2: Nah, um, I, I can't quite. I would
0: say, I would say, I would say, Pate, Pate kind of put that term out there. So oh, I, I just man. Kinda... That
1: was so good. I really liked yeah. that. You could have sold me on it. I think he's a good college. He's, I think he's the perfect example of a great college running back that probably has no role in the NFL. There's nothing wrong with Zero. that. Zero. Nothing wrong with that. I love that because that means I'm going to get five, maybe six years of Sean Tyler. And I love every second of that. Uh, I see him going back to Western Michigan or staying in the Mac. If he were to go elsewhere, it'd just be a tough situation. He reminds me a lot of like a, like an 80% version of Marquez Cooper to me. Mm -hmm.
2: So,
0: Brandon, your thoughts on Tyler real quick. I agree. It's the same.
2: If I was uh, Taylor, I'd be calling Tyler first thing and, and, you know, kind of warming him up. Wouldn't you want to be RB1 at least at one school versus being uh, RB1AB option somewhere else, you know? Uh, If not, whoever loses the sweepstakes for – for our guy there that we talked about, Cooper, earlier, I think Tyler would be great at Ball State and or Toledo. I think that would be good options to wear as well. But honestly, I think just like Fickle called Braylon Allen on this first thing, I think uh, Taylor should call Tyler and be like, hey, man, this is the best spot for you. We're running back heavy, and this is the focus, and you could get a lot of production here and get a lot of film on, on tape. So I like it, man. I think he should stick around.
0: Taylor, Tyler, con- connection. Let's will it into existence. Next up, we got Ray... Davis running back out of Vanderbilt. This is a guy that I have been hyping up for pretty much two years ongoing. First year, he got injured, couldn't really play the whole year. He finally comes back for Vanderbilt this year and finishes as the RB 56 in CFF. The best finish for a Vanderbilt running back pretty much since Raymond or um Keyshawn Vaughn over there. And he is back in the portal. He was originally at Temple, went to Vanderbilt. Thank Vanderbilt for their time. He is a grad transfer now, and he is heavily, heavily expected by the folks over at On3 to replace Mr. Chris Rodriguez over at Kentucky. I adore that fit. I think this very— like, Again, do I think he's as talented as Chris Rodriguez? No, but I think he fits that very similar mold that they're going to want to have in terms of like, a big, bruising running back. They lose— uh Cavassier smoke as well so there's plenty of room in that backfield perfect for a guy to come in as a one-year rental for the Wildcats they get Liam Cohen back that offense should be humming a little bit better than it was this year I like Ray Davis going to Kentucky quite a bit again not set in stone but on three is pretty certain about it happening Brandon what are your thoughts about Mr. Ray Davis
2: when I look at Ray Davis, I was like, why didn't Kentucky, you know, offer him in the first place? He just fits perfectly in that Kentucky fit, you know? Because they Chris
0: was, Rodriguez, that's
2: why. Well, yeah, but I was like, why not have his duplicate at the same time and just hammer <laughs> everyone down? Will Levis isn't the guy that we Get the think copy is. machine going. Yeah, just copy and paste, just clone them, you know? So whatever, Spider-Man, all that good stuff. Um, but basically, <laughs> the Clone Wars. Anyway, it also is like Star Wars. Anyway, don't worry about it. Uh, so Ray Davis, if he's going to upgrade, stay in the SEC, go to UK, man. This is like, this is perfect, man. Like, if this is literally just cloning. Shout out to Matt Bruning for uh, talent Ray Davis there, Roman Davis, whichever one he wants to go by. I think he's Ray Davis this week. So uh, Ray Davis would be the good one to go. I, I love Kentucky. I think it's a great fit, stays in the SEC. And I think this is going to improve some draft stock uh, coming next year as well. So I love it.
0: Okay, your thoughts on Mr. Ray Davis. I, I think Kentucky's a perfect fit. He's a little bit
1: shorter, a little bit lighter than Rodriguez, but, like, super thick. Like, he plays and looks bigger than the numbers that I just looked up online. So I think it's a great fit. Makes a lot of sense for him as a as an athlete to try to get himself into the pros. So, um, yeah, I, I think Kentucky's the no-doubter.
0: Yeah. All right, moving on here. We're going to talk about Mr. Aiden Robbins, running back out of UNLV. This was definitely one of those, when I saw the news that he had entered the portal, I was just like, no, why? Stay where you were. I liked where you were. He was the RP 60 in CFF this past year. He's back in the portal. Chris, you have some thoughts on a place where he could go, and I kind of agree with you that this is a spot we need to be looking for for a transfer running back. As much as I do like the backup option they have there, Kay, what are your thoughts on Aiden Robinson? and where he might go?
1: I mean, the dude is huge. He's like 6'3", 230. So I don't know if you're going to find too much of a, like a perfect fit for like that style of running back. But I, I think UCLA needs a running back, and I think that makes a ton of sense, right? UNLV runs a bunch. It's like UNLV is kind of like a garbage trashy version of ucla right like some talented receivers quality very versatile uh quarterback and then a really talented running back right so him going to ucla makes a lot of sense which kelly would be fun i think that helps everybody in every facet robin cff owners ucla fans so i i think ucla is is where i would uh lean the most super random thought they just had minnesota I mean, he could just get like 30 carries a game. Yep. He has the body to do it. So I think UCLA, to me, makes the most sense. But I think Minnesota also would be a fun spot for him.
0: Of course, this is assuming he is trying to move back up to pure, pure power five rather than just a higher G5. But I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, Brandon, your thoughts on Mr. Robbins real quick.
2: Well, for my boy, the real Zach Evans, I'm hoping that's not the case. However, that is a great fit. I can't, I can't deny that. Okay, I think that was pretty spot on there. I love UCLA. Like, look at Charbonnet. Look how much of a beast that man is and how he just plows through the Pac-12. Aiden Robbins, he reminds me of like, you know, like how Derrick Henry just towers over everybody. I'm not saying he's Derrick Henry, but he's like, poor man's version of Derrick Henry if that makes sense like once he gets downhill it's just hard to stop Aiden Robbins the dude's just gonna plunder he smashed there in in week zero uh proven you know put himself on the market there and I gotta give it to KK was on Robbins like literally day one and then the optimizer and everything like he's the guy that you know we picked in week zero to go off and he did um so I I love the UCLA pick I think that's my personal favorite uh but I do agree Minnesota would be okay I
0: just you know don't want it for my boys uh but we'll, we'll see how it goes Alrighty, one last running back we'll get into in-depth here. We're not going to spend too much time on him because we kind of talked about him a little bit just last week. But we're going to touch on Carson Steele here again, the running the running back out of Ball State. He was the RB5 and CFF. We're all very concerned about the fact that like there's no way he's going to keep up that value wherever he lands. But... We did a little bit of talking, like back and forth throughout the week and everything, and we think that there are some spots that he could end up. And okay, not to step on your toes here, but just for time's sake and everything, I'll go ahead and mention your thoughts here. Uh about him going to a lower ten Big Ten school or lower tier Big Ten school. Uh Illinois, Indiana, and Purdue were the three that you put up there. I agree with all three of them. I honestly put out there two more that I thought. Because like you and I are you and I are sinking on this one. I put out Northwestern and Minnesota. I think any of those five, and you get back a ton of the value that we think that we lose here with him going off to the Power of Five. So long as he actually wins the starting job for those Power of Five programs, which I have to imagine he does not enter this portal unless he thinks that he has a shot at those. Brandon, your quick thoughts on Carson Steele, and then we will move on to the honorable mentions at running back.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think he needs to target the lower tier of the of the P five, and especially the Big Ten. Personally, I would love Illinois. I think he would be a great Chase Brown replacement. Um, I love the fit there, uh, as well as Minnesota. I got to say it again as well. Uh, that would be fantastic. It just looks like that guy, like Moe Ibrahim, like who's going to stop that guy? You know what I'm saying? Like. He's just going to be death taxes and touchdowns. That's pretty much what's going to be Carson Steele if he goes to. I also uh, do love the Northwestern pick with Evan Hole leaving on that one. That leaves, you know, a nice spot. I think Carson Steele reminds me a lot of Evan Hole. And as far as uh, you know, the, the differences as far as how they match up. I like I like that a little bit. So 83, my personal choice would be Illinois. I think he, that would be his uh the best for his NFL draft stock, but I think it would be decent for CFF. Not a first rounder, but he definitely could be a good maybe late second, early third,
0: possibly, you know, second round pick for sure. Any quick thoughts you have, Kay?
1: No, I think I think the Big Ten makes the most sense. Why are you going in the portal as a super productive guy unless you're going to try to do something up? So I, I think the Big Ten makes the most sense. Northwestern is the one I would be scared of. I know Hull was super productive, but, like, I don't really want to bet on a super lame offense to, mm-hmm. like, repeat but i do see why people think that could be beneficial Um uh, and then i think Purdue would be a little bit more a little bit more niche in terms of production but we'd have to be...
0: see who purdue hires as head coach yeah
1: so i think i think all five of the schools mentioned the big 10 would be would would be okay but it's not going to get better than ball state for cff no God, so no. that's the bummer right like you'd stay where you're at and you're a top 10 running back we did our mock draft and he was a i think he was a second rounder so yeah for the mock draft for 2023. So that just shows you how valuable of an asset he was at ball state. And he's going to lose value, but you know, props to him for leveling up.
0: Yeah. no, No problem with that whatsoever. Take advantage of a great season. Go through a quick, a couple of quick honorable mentions here. um, And then uh, Kay and Brandon, I'll give you guys a chance to touch on uh, any of these. If you think that it's worth talking about Titus, Wynn, running back out of Wyoming, got dismissed from the team. He's in the portal. Personally, I try to avoid guys who have been dismissed from teams. He's from Texas, so there's definitely some Texas schools like Texas State. Now with Kenny over there, maybe they take a shot at him out of the out of the portal. We'll see. Harrison Whaley, the running back out of NIU, cleared up that backfield at NIU just a little bit. He was the RB80 and CFF this past year. Heavily predicted by On3 right now to go to Wyoming. I think a lot of us would really, really like that spot. Replacement for Titus went over there. However, that offense still stinks. So how much can you really be excited about? Dominic Richardson running back at Oklahoma State, part of the Oklahoma State exodus right now. RB87 this past year. I'll be real, as much as I touted him this year, I don't really care where he ends up going. He was terrible efficiency-wise, and he was heavily touchdown-dependent. I don't want to rely on that wherever he goes. It seems like when I did some research... South Carolina beat writers on 247 seem to be interested in him more than anybody else. So maybe that's kind of an indication that maybe South Carolina is showing some interest there. Regardless, I don't really care. Dylan Johnson running back at a Mississippi State. The infamous, infamous post there with him basically saying that Mike Leach says I'm not tough and he wanted me gone anyway. Absolute legend for that. RB 108 and CFF 2022, I don't expect him to be anything really next year. I personally predict him to go to Ole Miss. There is a lot of buzz right now that a lot of these guys who are leaving from Mississippi State are planning on going to Ole Miss in order to stick it directly to Mike Leach and and Mississippi State as a school. They are not happy over there right now. And then last for this page, Trayvon Cooley running back out of Louisville. Two offers so far, NC State and Pittsburgh, those are the two that he, have, he has posted. Either one of those are fine. I don't think either one of those are ones that get you really hopping up out of your seat, especially since we know that those both those schools are likely offering other running backs as well. So none of them are really saying like, hey, you're our guy, come to us. Brandon or Chris, these five guys real quick on the screen here, either one, any of them strike you as like you have to say something real quick?
2: Uh, for me, Whaley, just because I, I was a Whaley believer, got him, you know, as a freshman, we got injured, still kept him. Everyone was debating Ontario Brown. I said nay to Ontario Brown. I said I'm the Whaley guy. And I stuck with him. And so he's going to Wyoming game. Yeah, Wyoming sucks. But at the same time, like, the production, look at – he's just going to get fed. So, I mean, I'm all for that. He's going to be an easy, like, RB2 or a flex play for me, like, every single week in Dynasty. So I'm down for that. Uh Richardson don't care, like Cooley at NC State, but also – uh there's a, I think that's a good fit. I know the ones we talked about would probably even a better fit, but I, I dig that. And then uh, Dylan Johnson, if he goes to Ole Miss, I, I think Quinshot's got that, uh, that, that wrapped up oh, pretty yeah, quickly. But Johnson would be a great uh, reliever if Jenkins needs a couple of rests. And I think uh, that shores up the backfield for Mississippi. So that's cool. So that's what I got for this round. Okay, any I think guys- Whaley, to Wy-
1: Go ahead. Whaley to Wyoming makes a ton of sense. It's almost like a one-for-one swap there, which will be interesting for CFF. Titus Swens from essentially Fort Worth, like right where TCU is. Kendry Miller is gonna be gone. Emery D Mercado is gonna be gone. I could see him going to to TCU and thinking that this is gonna be the deal. I, I, who knows what he did, right? Yes. Like, uh, there's so much going on. I don't know how much I believe out of Wyoming stuff when it comes down to it because every single relevant player left last year. Levi Williams left. To go be a quarterback three at Utah State, so let or QB that tells two you a at lot. Utah State, so that tells you something about Wyoming. So all the other running backs are, eh. you know, Dylan Johnson is a is a name because of Mississippi State. I do think Ole Miss makes a ton of sense just because of the stick it to them, um type situation. But all these other guys are kind of whatever. I I think the running back group is fairly weak. Although we do have some some high end names. I think Carson Steele. Ray Davis, Robbins, Watson are like the key guys, and everybody else is kind of like irrelevant in terms of making major waves in the CFB world, at least.
0: Yeah. A couple more honorable mentions here at running back. Jalen Mitchell, the running back out of Louisville, both him and Cooley on their way out. On three has him predicted to go to Akron uh even if he does go there i still would ride my clyde price shares there i don't think the, anybody's taking that job away from him kobe pace running back out of clemson kind of fell to third on the depth chart over there some talk from chris dokish a former pittsburgh writer saying that there is some mutual interest between kobe pace and pittsburgh so if a band moves on and rodney hammond is uh maybe he moves on as well for some reason that could be something kind of interesting there i'm not super high on it jalen knight the running back out of miami just announced the day that he is transferring from miami to smu just another body to cl- clutter up the backfield over there and make us all concerned about kamar wheaton for another year and then last but not least arlen harris the true freshman running back out of stanford i believe he's a four-star transfers out of there he is headed over to iowa state to make all of us with Cartavius norton shares sweat just a little bit more i personally think norton will be fine but i'm i'm not thinking too much about that boys either any any of these four players you get you super excited no Uh, (laughs) that's fine uh, maybe Kobe Pace if he goes to Pittsburgh, but they're
2: still Heyman, so... Exactly. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. The other ones, no. Uh, don't they still... Have, is Wiley gone from Akron, or is he still there?
0: Uh, I
2: believe Wiley's still there. Okay, so that just clutters things up again. Yeah. So, probably Pace out of all this. Harris is just going to be back up to Norton. Shout out to Roy Cartavius. He's the man.
0: righty, Let's go over to these wide receivers. This is where a ton of fun can be talked about here, because there's a lot of information as to where some of these guys could be going. First of up, we'll talk about Mr. Devontae Walker, wide receiver at Kent State. Again, once again, back here with the Kent State boys. I think this is a guy that can go anywhere in the country and probably produce very, very well. Extremely, extremely athletic. Clocked at almost 23 miles per hour. May have gotten over that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Regardless, he is one of the fastest dudes you can find out there. I think he becomes an instant weapon for whoever he lands with. Not a ton of information out there as to where he might be going so that kind of makes me default to he could be one of the receivers that colorado state pulls out of the portal and just follows his head coach over to sean lewis or head coach sean lewis over to colorado but again he is he's somebody that i think regardless of where he goes could be a ton a ton of fun to work with chris what are your thoughts on Devontae walker and where would you like to see him go
1: well, I would like to correct one thing that you said. He could go pretty much, what is there, 131 schools in college football?
0: Yes, sir. I think
1: there's one school he would go to that's realistic that would not make him a fantasy producer, and Nate would approve of this, and it is Georgia. But otherwise, <laughs> I think UCLA would be great for him. They need receiver help. Yep. I think NC State, this is a perfect situation from it for him. He's from Charlotte, Um South Carolina, like they, the world is his oyster. He's super talented. He's a great receiver. He's produced. He's got game tape. So where is he going to go? It's just a matter of what he wants, right? Colorado, like you said, Jared, makes a ton of sense. So I think he could go anywhere and it would, would be a great fit. I mean, there's so many different awesome options. I think Colorado makes the most sense with the the, the head coach moving there as the OC, but I think also to a, you know, ACC types like an NC state would also be awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also a uh, quick thing about the Georgia thing. It's funny that like everybody treats this as treats this as like, this is a realistic thing. I have nobody of note that I know in that program has said anything about Devontae Walker coming to Georgia. I've heard more about Dante Cephas than I've heard about Devontae Walker. So I, I do it mostly to troll y'all. I don't think there's any, there's nothing there. You don't have to worry about that.
1: Well, you do a good job of it, so I commend you.
0: <laughs> Brandon, what are your thoughts on Devontae's Walker real quick? Well, first, shame
2: on Georgia. You should probably look into Walker and Cephas, but I'm just saying, I know no one wants to go there. I have my lad share. He's good for a flex play every once in a while, so I really don't want that wide receiver room to get too more cluttered than what it already is. And they're already trying to push my boy in the column, which we'll talk about possibly down the road. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're doing okay. But uh, Walker is from Charlotte. Uh, If they're from the state of North Carolina, they have been contacted by a certain uh, team that's behind me. Uh, I don't know how far that will go, but we'll see. Um, But also, uh, there's one that I really like, and I think Nate's going to love it, but Oklahoma, man. Him and Farouk would be fantastic. Even Dill Gabriel, the the gunslinger that he is, uh, as long as Gabriel stays healthy, man, uh, that would be great for that system, man. I know they got some guys like Bunkley Shelton and a few other ones. But, gosh, wouldn't you love to have Walker the opposite of Farouk or just have him yeah. back and yeah. forth? That'd be fantastic. Yeah, so what think, if, if he give 5 That's what I want. Yeah,
1: what if Mims replacement? If Mims goes pro, like, that feels like a one-for-one swap. Exactly. So that's a great oh, yeah. call with Oklahoma for sure, Brandon.
0: All right. We'll go from one Kent State receiver to another. We'll talk about Mr. Dante Cephas over here. Wide receiver 120 in CFF 2022. A lot of that had to do with injury. Otherwise, he probably would have done extremely, extremely well throughout the season currently crystal balled on 247 Two Penn State on three follows this sentiment as well sounds like there is a ton ton of buzz around him landing there wanting to play with Mr. Drew Aller in terms of a CFF we know Penn State can produce CFF wide receivers Jahan Dodson absolutely killed it two years ago I believe he finished as the wide receiver six in 2021 so we know that if they can focus in on one guy they absolutely can produce that guy the question is is Dante Cephas that guy I would say yes but it seems so clear cut that at least one of Parker Washington or Tinsley Mitchell Tinsley last year were going to be guys that could be CFF relevant wide receivers and neither one of them could really break away from the other so I'm a little concerned here, but at the same time, I'm willing to give it a shot. But definitely a downgrade from the Sean Lewis system, regardless in terms of how certain that would be. Brandon, your thoughts on Mr. Cephas?
2: So I like this as the uh, next transfer up for Penn State. Like I said, it's a new new regime now with Alar at the helm. So I do think they've become a little bit more pass-focused, but still have two great backs that can go between Singleton and Catron. So I like this fit, um, I think, uh, with him. And uh, KLS, Lambert Smith there, I think that's a nice pairing between the two. I expect Lambert Smith to probably emerge at first as wide receiver one, unless we hear, like we heard like Tinsley, where he was rooming with a quarterback and all this other good stuff. If we start hearing like Cephas is like, the guy for Alar, then I'm going to move him up pretty quickly. I just think it's a new a new chance, and I think we should look at Penn State differently going into next year with the change in guard because we finally get the old out and we finally get the, the stud that we want, the guy that we drafted in Dynasty this year and what we want to see. So I'm excited for Cephas. I think this is great for him, and this also puts him in some draft stock. And I think Cephas now coming back and being fully healthy, if he stays healthy, this is great for him and his NFL projection too. So
0: good if you're in a C2C league too. Okay, your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great fit uh, with Parker Washington leaving. There's a there's an open void for uh, targets, um, and who knows? You know, I think Ethan from the Bet on C two C podcast would say, I think he's called it hero ball, which is kind of like more of a basketball term for me. But I think it, it's super fitting with Sean Clifford, where he does give a, little, a hero ball, where he runs maybe yeah. where he shouldn't have type of thing, and with Aller at quarterback or whomever, that'll be a really interesting situation because I think there is potential to take advantage of a, an offense that wants to create great receivers, but it just depends on who's actually under center. So I think that I would hope that he takes that because it's good for everybody. Good for CFF, good for him and his draft stock, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Next we'll talk about a guy that really flew under the radar, I think for a lot of people last year for CFF, but he did finish his wide receiver 15. How about Trey Harris, wide receiver out of Louisiana Tech? He has entered the portal. And on three currently has his number one option to be going to Mississippi State. Gross because of how much they split up, the, they spread out the ball over there. Never really can get one guy consistently going the whole year. But secondary option, Ole Miss, uh, which has seen quite a few crystal balls come in for them recently. Mississippi State's always kind of been there. Ole Miss is more of a recent trend. Other options include Indiana and Penn State. I think if Dante Cephas goes to Penn State, Trey Harris probably falls out Mm of that. But Ole Miss or Indiana, I'm pretty interested in. We saw Cam Camper this past year for Indiana, at least when he was healthy, was a target monster for that offense. And I think Trey Harris could easily fill in that void and kind of separate himself from the rest of that wide receiver room. But Ole Miss needs upgraded receivers. They're losing guys like Mingo. They're losing uh, they're losing a lot of experience in that room. And I think Trey Harris could easily fit that void right there. I like either one of those. Neither one of them stick, strike me as like, oh, he's back to being a top 15 wide receiver and CFF kind of landing spots. But it'll be somebody that I'm definitely keeping an eye out throughout the rest of the offseason. Chris, your thoughts on Mr. Harris?
1: I think Ole Miss makes the most sense. Um, They lose a ton of guys. That's a great offense to be a part of as a receiver, so it's tempting for him. Uh, I think Indiana, I I don't think he would. I think he's gotten enough of uh, love from bigger programs like an Ole Miss. I think he's got an offer from Oklahoma, which I think is a great fit for him as well, depending on what a walker does. right? Like We talked about him a second ago. Um, but Indiana's produced a bunch of dudes, right? Like Frogel was awesome. Nick Westbrook, wasn't he an Indiana guy years ago? Like, yes. uh, there's been a bunch of random guys that have been super productive. Camp Camper is a great call out as well. So uh, I think he'd be a good fit there. But I, I would hope that Ole Miss makes – I would hope that he goes to Ole Miss. I can see why he'd go to Mississippi State. That would be a bummer. That would be. For CFF standpoint. But – I think uh, I could see him doing
0: that. Brandon, real quick, your thoughts on Mr. Harris.
2: Yeah, show the same sentiments. Please don't go to Mississippi State. If you ever listen to this Trey Harris, just don't do it. Uh, I don't like Leach. I think he's outdated. I think they need to refresh there quite a bit. Um, I do love Ole Miss. I think that's good. They're in need of a solid wide receiver core there. I love the Indiana pick. That's probably going to be my favorite if I had to choose between the four. Uh, If they just get a decent quarterback in there to kind of keep it going or a decent general, uh, you know, like a game manager, I think this is ideal for Trey Harris and his skill set to be at Indiana. So that would be my pick.
0: All right. Moving on to our next guy here. We got Mr. Dorian Singer, wide receiver out of Arizona. The kind of surprise out of that Arizona wide receiver room. We all saw Jacob Cowan coming. uh, Teturai McMillan, the true freshman there. He had a really good year. But Dorian Singer really came in strong as the clear number two option for them. Finishes the wide receiver 24 in CFF 2022. Very much... Ready, it seems like, to become the number one somewhere with Jacob Cowing returning for next year. But I look at his crystal balls from on three, and they've got Arizona State at 22.2%. They got Utah, they got Colorado, they got Arkansas, they got Penn State, they got Miami. And all I can think is, watching Dorian Singer this year, this is the best he's got? Really? Like, I feel like, and they called this out early on. This felt like the moment he entered the portal that Lincoln Riley was getting involved here. They were going to bring him over to uh, USC, especially with Jordan Addison heading off to the draft. But it looks like that these are our options. He's saying Pac-12, and I guess I like Arizona State with Kenny Dillingham over there. We saw what they did um, with—oh, my God, why am I blanking on his name? Not Dante Thornton, the other wide receiver at Oregon. Troy Franklin. Um, We saw what they did with Troy Franklin this year he had a really very nice year so i can see him doing well over there at arizona state but i don't know i feel like we're missing an opportunity here for him to go somewhere better brandon your thoughts on mr singer
2: yeah so i was listening to a couple podcasts and you know watching our good friend josh payton you know he he's saying that singer is probably one of the most coveted wide receivers of this whole process like as soon as he hit the portal everyone started hitting him up so the C, Arizona State, I like that, but it does depend. If DJU does come to Arizona State, I don't know how I feel about that because DJU does like to run a bit more. Of course, this could be, like we said, a, uh, a resurgence for DJU, maybe in the Arizona State and having the guy that helped develop Bo Nix, maybe we see more of a passing attack and stuff like that. So I'm a little hesitant in Arizona State, but I like it uh, for now. Uh, of course, if you go to Colorado, you go with Prime. I don't know. Uh, I don't think he's uh, – Got Coleman out of Jackson State to come over yet, right? He's still at Jackson State. It's just the um, it's just Hunter that's moving over, right? The cornerback that's coming yeah. over, I believe. So, I think so if, it's what, Coleman's, you know, the five star that essentially went to Jackson State. They pivoted, so I'm not sure if he's injured yet or he's going too soon. Uh, but if he's the guy that's going over to Colorado, uh, if they don't get a guy like Walker or those guys and things like that, then they need an alpha, and I think that Coleman could be that. But if Dorn Singer went to Colorado, I can guarantee you he'd probably be the wide receiver one in that offense pretty quickly. Um, just because if he can be wide receiver two in, in Pac-12, if he stays in Pac-12. He'll just immediately move, I think, to a wide receiver one's process there. So like Colorado, the best. Uh, the sneaky one, Arkansas, especially if you get KJ or Jacoby. I kind of dig that a little bit. Um, I don't know how you guys kind of feel about that. But Singer in, you know, in an Arkansas uniform, that intrigues me a little bit.
1: I think it'd be fun. Uh, I don't. I just don't understand why he would go from Arizona to Arizona State. Like, what is it? What's he gaining? Like, do they have is, money at Arizona he, State? Is he from um, Arizona? Is, it, or is he just trying to? He's stay West local? Coast, but like, why not just stay at Arizona? Like, Again, so to it, me, overall, yeah.
0: this feels weird. It yeah,
1: does. I think he stays at Arizona, or he does something real crazy. Uh, Alabama needs a receiver. Dorian Singer should be that receiver. I'm gonna say that right now. I think that makes a lot of sense. He's super talented. And they need a guy. It just depends. I guess I don't think Singer would ever think. I don't think any college player would ever think this far down the road. But like, does he actually think like, well, you know, if Milrose the quarterback, then they might go run heavy. If if Simpson is the quarterback, then they go pass heavy. I don't think they do any of that. But no. that would be my only fear. As if I was Singer, that would be my fear uh, at Alabama. But I don't know. He, he's a West Coast guy. It seems like. I just don't know why you would go to Arizona State from Arizona, unless you hate Arizona, like, and you want to stick it to them. But, like, just go back to where you're at. You're fine. You're going to be drafted high. You got Cowling back. That offense can be awesome. Like, I just don't understand why you would go to Arizona State.
0: Again, that's you know? that's my kind of point. It's like, it felt like the moment he entered the portal, I'm like, all right, he's looking to upgrade. Like, he's looking to be, like, one of those top guys in the portal. And then now I'm looking at this crystal ball list that I'm like, doesn't seem like that's happening right now.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm like, where's USC and all this? Like, they should just go you know what i'm saying like if he's the top dog and wide receiver then why aren't these bigger schools like why aren't why is any crystal ball there that's that's the weird part for me
0: we'll see we'll see maybe, maybe he entered the portal and got a world of reality um spoon fed to him next up Allie jennings the wide receiver out of old dominion's quietly having a really good cff year was in the top 6 wide receivers at one point injuries affected him down the stretch finished as the wide receiver 27 Currently on three has the highest percentage for him, crystal ball-wise, going to Duke, 22.2%. I adore that, in my opinion, because Riley Leonard, I think, really needs a top wide receiver. I mean, Calhoun is fine, but I think Allie Jennings would really take that offense to another level there. They also got Virginia Tech up there around 20%, Louisville, Mississippi State, some of the typical ones here. Everybody's getting a crystal ball to Colorado, it feels like, at this point. But, Kay, your thoughts on Ali Jennings? I noticed you put down another school that doesn't have a crystal ball, but it could be interesting. What do you think?
1: Well, we've entered the Hokie zone of the transfer portal, for the one.
0: Zone. Uh, but that's not the school you're talking
1: about. I think this makes the most sense for UNC, right? Like, UNC has some talented young guys, and Brandon, you can speak to it, I'm sure. But, like, Allie Jennings is awesome. The dude's incredible. He's got Drake May, you're not wasting a year on young guys. You're not like taking that chance if you're Mac Brown. Mac Brown is like three years away from just being in a retirement home. So like you need to get get in and get out and let's do this, right? So Jennings makes the most sense for me there. Virginia Tech's gonna need a receiver. They're gonna be super active in the portal, I think. So I think that would make a ton of sense, but I don't think you would. That feels like a, a step lower than he should go. Um, but, yeah. So, what do you guys think?
2: Brandon? Oh, man. Uh, the rivalry thing hurts, but I love it for Riley Leonard. And CFF-wise, that's where I like the Duke fit. Man, uh, Calhoun is uh, leaving. They need a, a, they need a dominant wide receiver one. Alexander I didn't even realize Calhoun right was leaving. He is. He's finally a senior. I think that is his fifth year. So, he's finally finally leaving. Riley Leonard, a young quarterback now, entering as, I, I believe, what, a sophomore? Now, being a junior, I want to say. This would be perfect for him in that pairing. And uh, the way they run that offense, it was very surprising, but a good surprise. Um, it made it a lot of fun, especially against the Duke versus Carolina and then Duke versus some of the other guys in the ACC. It was a nice, you know, shootout type situation. And they're not terrible at a defense either there at Duke. So, uh, you know, I like that. Uh, Virginia Tech is on the board. That's interesting. Tech needs some help. Um, and then I see, of course, you got the guys. Uh, the Kansas one is very intriguing. I, I dig that a little bit. Uh, I will say that Allie Jennings has been contacted by other Carolina schools, and I know uh, he's there, but we'll talk about some of the other guys that I have a little bit. If you're from uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, in that area, you've probably been contacted by a UNC that's looking. I'll go ahead and tell you that uh, they're trying desperately for Drake May to uh, have something to where he can make a case for the NFL. Um, they're looking for his draft stock. He's also going to help him pick the OC. So when it comes down to it, they're not looking at just these younger guys there's some great ones like Paysor. I think he'll stick around and things like that, but they're always looking for help, and we'll talk about a few guys there. But Jennings, I would love to have at UNC. I just don't know there's a lot of smoke around that fire, if that makes sense, but he's been contacted. So I like the Duke fit if we're going to have to, you know, pick one right now uh, with a, the side one. I like the Kansas pick as a second option. I think that'd be really sweet.
0: All right. Moving on to our next wide receiver here, Elijah Spencer. Wide receiver, 29 on the year for CFF in 2022. While all of us were going after Grant DuBose and Victor Tucker, Elijah Spencer comes out of nowhere, and he's the number one option for Charlotte pretty much throughout the entire year, at least when it, in terms of scoring touchdowns for them. Okay, I think this is another one of those cases where this is an East Coast guy. He's probably going to land somewhere on the East Coast. I'm Again, he's from Irmo, South Carolina. I think that the Gamecocks probably get a little bit involved here. Uh, trying to uh, restock that receiver room a little bit. I bet Wells is out after this year. Uh, Josh Van I know was on his last year of eligibility, so they're going to need to restock there. I think they're people to watch out for here. But Brandon, we'll go to you first here. What do you think about Elijah Spencer and where do you think he could land? That could be CFF relevant.
2: I think Spencer is very talented. I think both him and Debose, and you know, we'll mention him as well um both are very talented i think they're above the level that they play at and i think they can play especially in the acc where the defense is not near as bad as they think it is uh spencer's been contacted by unc there's some smoke around it's bad i know dude my team's unc you know (laughs) say look at the defense they're all gone too anyway moral of the story is you should go play uh he's been contacted by unc Uh, i have heard some rumblings that they are fighting with uh, i think south carolina is on the board uh there's a few uh smaller uh, options that are not in the power five that I think they're talking to. I think there's a couple of conference USA ones, uh, but you know, Spencer's been uh, contacted. I think he would fit well. Um, we need a guy like Spencer and DuBose on the other side, veteran guys that could help guys like Pesor, blackwell and the emergence of uh, Andre green jr. As he's still developing and getting there, but he should be ready by next season. This would be perfect. This is what Drake may needs. He needs some veteran guys um and but we'll see how it goes because there's one bigger fish there uh, out of Georgia Tech that they're highly trying to go after first first and foremost if they get him then that might uh, change the decision on who they target next but uh Spencer has been con- contacted by UNC from what I've heard out of Chapel Hill all
0: right okay Brandy gave me the homer pitch for Spencer to go to his home <laughs> team you gave me the homer pitch for Spencer to go to VT
1: I mean, it makes he's gonna be a receiver. One Grant Wells can throw a bunch. You know, who knows? I I think everybody is in play for Virginia Tech. If you're on the East Coast and you're in the portal, you're in play. There's just a devoid of there's a void of talent that is in Blacks like for Blacksburg. So we'll see what happens. I think Spencer's too good for Blacksburg. To be honest, I'll be completely transparent with that. UNC feels awesome. NC State feels awesome. Right? We talked about it. They need yep. to get somebody at a, a receiver. Like you can't go into you can't go into the next season with MJ Morris and or Armstrong or whoever with the receivers they have considering the landscape. This isn't 10 years ago. You could do that 10 years ago, but you can't do that now because mm-hmm. teams are stockpiling, right? So I think this is a really interesting one from an uh East Coast standpoint. So I think UNC makes sense, NC State makes sense you know Louisville why not right like Mm -hmm. you know it it really depends I'm curious to see if some of these quarterback moves if Armstrong goes to NC State does that help pull an Allie Jennings does that uh, you know help pull an Elijah Spencer you know if uh Reed goes to to Louisville right does a Spencer say holy shit like that guy was awesome right and that's another C USA guy right so Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see the impact there too but um lots of east coast schools need players at receiver and at quarterback and lots of spaces are open so it'll be really fun to see some of these guys shake out
0: all right moving on to our next guy here we got ryan o'keefe wide receiver out of ucf wide receiver 51 on the year for cff 2022 my personal opinion here is first of all i kind of liked him at unc wish he didn't leave but you know what let's find a place for him to go to and he's from texas so my initial two thoughts are smu and tcu smu losing rushy rice they never really had another guy pop up behind him outside of maybe jake bailey for all of five minutes before he got injured again i think they could bring in ryan o'keefe they do they like to use their receivers in creative ways as well so i think that could be fun and speaking of using their cre- Receivers in creative ways, TCU. They're losing guys like Quentin Johnson. They're, uh, Darius Davis, I believe, is out after this year as well. They're not afraid of doing jet sweeps. They're not afraid of getting the ball to their receivers in creative ways. Ryan O'Keefe is perfect for those kind of plays. I think he would make a fun addition there at TCU. Chris, your thoughts real quick on Mr. O'Keefe.
1: I just looked on ESPN. You he's the identical same size as Josh Downs. 5'10, 175. I mean, like, the guy is super athletic, he's agile, he's been super productive. He was great at UCF, which is not a pass heavy offense by any no. means. So, you know, he's earned it. Like, this feels like the perfect one for one trade, right? Like, get him in there, it's a, the perfect replacement for a Josh Downs at UNC. Otherwise, uh, I think he could be super successful at anywhere, right? Like, yeah. who needs receivers? Louisville would be great with a read, maybe, or whomever. Um, you know, Colorado is knocking at everybody's door. So I, I think UNC makes the most sense, but I think there's some other options out there, like a Duke, right? Like, it almost needs, like, you need, like, one guy to, like, to f- go to a place for the all the dominoes to
0: fall. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, and that could really impact the rest of the landscape for
2: sure.
0: Brandon, real quick, 30 seconds or less on Ryan O'Keefe. I'll be honest with
2: you. I think O'Keefe's a little bit too big time for UNC, if I
0: had to be honest
2: with you. Uh, Here's my thought. Card and O'Keefe to TCU. Who says no? I like that. I think that would be a nice pairing. Both uh, Texas guys, they don't have to go too far, and I think TCU stays in at least a playoff hunt for next year. Uh, I like O'Keefe to TCU.
0: All righty. Moving on to our eighth wide receiver here. We've only got two more after this that we're going to go in depth on. Let's talk about Mr. Jimmy Horn, a wide receiver out of South Florida. Very heavily, heavily considered to be one of the wide receivers going in for Deion Sanders and Colorado. Pretty much everybody started tying those two together. A lot of people said that Horn was severely underutilized by Jeff Scott and that South Florida, that South Florida staff why not go somewhere where the hype is there could easily come in as the best wide receiver for Colorado again we'll see who else they bring in here again if he's one of the, like one or two wide receivers that go to Colorado I'm interested in horn next year I am not interested in him once they start bringing in like 3 or 4 different guys and we get the whole USC situation in the past 2 years where I see a lot of guys go in and I say No way all these guys are going to eat. I'm just going to avoid the situation altogether. So I like Horn going to Colorado right now. We'll see how it goes in the future. Brandon, your thoughts on Horn real quick.
2: Yep, same sentiment. Uh, If this is one of the guys Prime gets, uh, you know, Sanders knows how to, uh, you know, elevate wide receivers and corners. This is ideal for him. Uh, The speed is fantastic in a Lewis system. So if it is just him and maybe a couple more, then they're not a bigger names like Jimmy Horn. I think this is fantastic for a supplemental if you're doing uh, dynasty. And of course, in redraft that might hold some value in some later rounds until we see it elevated. So definitely like Horn at Colorado for right now, like you said.
0: Okay. Real quick on Jimmy Horn.
1: I don't know if he's worth talking about too much to me. Okay. Like there's so many great receivers out there. Uh, I think Colorado makes the most sense. It feels almost too written to spend too much time on it. He's a good receiver. But it feels too solidified to worry about, you know, conjecture about who he's going to go to. But I think Colorado is the surefire favorite.
0: All righty. Moving on. Tyrese Chambers, wide receiver at a FIU, entered the portal last year, got convinced by the new staff to come out. Hey, give us a give us a chance. We promise we're going to make you a star. They All they did was just cut his production in half with the same number of receptions. So he said, screw it. I'm out of here. We're not doing this again. He was drafted as a wide receiver 25 heading into the season. Clearly did not work out at all over there. He, unlike a lot of the guys on this list, have named a top eight so far this year. He's got Colorado, Cincinnati, UConn, Arizona State, UCF, Toledo, Maryland, and West Virginia were named as his top ones. One thing I've started kind of keeping my eye out on for some of these transfers is which members of the media, like the sports media, are... Focusing on these guys the most so he lists the top eight there but I noticed that when he listed that top eight and posted it on On Twitter that it was Cincinnati reporters, Colorado reporters, West Virginia reporters and UCF media members Who were the ones to comment on that? So that tells me that they're the ones who think that they have the best shot at landing him and of those four I personally I'm kind of okay with seeing him go to any of them. Maybe not Cincinnati, but like Colorado, West Virginia, UCF. I think any of those work. UCF, again, not a pass-heavy system, but they're known to kind of focus in on one guy for a little bit there. He has a crystal ball to, like his crystal ball says Maryland technically is the most likely, but it's 8.3%. The crystal balls are all over the place on on three for him. I personally be happy with Colorado, West Virginia, or UCF. But, Chris, what are your thoughts on this, and what would you be happy with?
1: I think Maryland makes sense, but, like, this guy has no idea what he's doing. He was in the portal. Like you said, he is out of the portal. He's in it again. Like, I don't know how much we can, like, trust or believe in, like, common sense with a guy like him, which is fine. Um, he's got a lot of different schools and I don't think there's any connection that like you can tie, you know, tie those dots together. Right. Uh, UCF makes a lot of sense to me. West Virginia, Colorado, all those are great options. You know, he's he's a really good player that as long as he doesn't go to like a Cincinnati, like you kind of were mentioning, I kind of worry about like a UConn maybe otherwise everybody else in his top eight are great you know like i think mm-hmm. all of them will be, even like a toledo like i can't believe you put toledo on there man like unless you're from toledo what are you doing putting toledo on there? you know like <laughs> come on man you got all these other great bigger schools and you put in toledo on there so no i think he'll be i think he'll land at a really good spot for cff fans which i know andrew p will will love as well he's a big chambers fan so
0: All right, Brandon, not to skip over you here, man, but we're going long, so I'm just going to keep it rolling here. Let's move on to the next guy here. Dominic Lovett, again, I I saved him for last on the deep dives because we kind of covered him a little bit last week already, but we did get some updated information regarding which schools are most likely to get involved with him, and it looks like it is down to three according to Chris Hummer over at 247. That is LSU, Tennessee, and Colorado. I think you're probably looking at LSU probably being the least appetizing out of those because they just have a lot of talented receivers. They're going to spread it out quite a bit. But if some of those guys move on and he comes in and can produce, maybe. But again, Tennessee and Colorado. We talked about Jimmy Horn earlier. If he goes to Colorado... Maybe he's the guy, if Lovett goes to Colorado, I feel like he has a much better chance to be the number one guy for Deion Sanders in that Sean Lewis offense over there. I would get extremely excited over Tennessee or Colorado. Brandon, your thoughts on Lovett and where he could go? Yeah, so he's
2: another one that's uh, – since he hit the portal, he was highly coveted. So him and Singer are considered, like, the one and two options there, along with O'Keefe as, like, a third. Um, love it. Wide receiver one. Did it even better than our, our five-star stud with the burden there in this first year. Um, so he's highly coveted. Honestly, I want to see him at Tennessee with Brew. I think that would be a wonderful pairing, especially, I believe, Hyatt's out the door. Um, and then, you know, our, our, our good buddy there uh, – uh, he got injured, the other wide receiver, and he is no longer, uh, I believe, draft eligible. So Tennessee's in need of some some help, and I think Lovett would be fantastic, especially in that offense system. Bruce, the big guy, let Lovett do the guy, let be the you know the shifty one that gets it done and does the uh, the bombs. I think that would be perfect for uh, for uh, K's boy there, uh, quarterback coming in, the big big bazooka there. So bazooka Joe, yeah, bazooka yeah. Joe. I think
1: Tennessee is a great fit for him. Um and he would be he would be over Brew. I'm not unrealistic here. I, I love Brew, but I think Love It would immediately be receiver one and a great offense. That makes the most sense with Boutte coming back. I think it's just too deep of a of a receiver group for him to go to LSU.
0: Yeah. I concur with this. Cover over some honorable mentions at wide receiver here. Corey krooms the wide receiver out of western Michigan. He is heading up to Minnesota. Some people Hoping that he could take on the number one wide receiver role for the PJ Fleck offense. We've seen that pay dividends before, but Chris Optman Bell is coming back. So, a little concern there. Nate McCollum, probably in my opinion, one of the best wide receivers in the portal right now. A lot of different schools are going after him Georgia, UNC, Virginia Tech, AM, Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Oregon. I can verify all of those schools are involved with Nate McCollum. Georgia and UNC have been the ones I have heard the most, but this is an NIL battle, so it doesn't really matter if a school comes in late so long as they have the paycheck. Next up, we got JoJo Earl, the wide receiver out of Alabama. One of my favorites heading into the season, but he is now out. Lots of smoke from Cover 3 and on and 247 that TCU is heavily involved here, and he could end up there. I would adore him heading over to Sean Dykes and them. We talked about... Uh, One Charlotte wide receiver, Grant DuBose, also in the portal. UNC might be a little bit interested here, but I'm not really much to say there. Dante Thornton, the wide receiver out of Oregon, heavily predicted to go to Auburn. Auburn will be grabbing a lot of these guys out of the portal. I know for a fact they're gearing up for a lot of offensive weapons right now. We'll get to the tight ends here in a minute. They're definitely trying to grab one of them out of the portal right now. Kay or, or Brandon, either one of you have quick thoughts on any of these five?
1: It's a deep group. I think all these guys in the right spot could be super productive. Um, Thornton to Auburn is interesting because I think Auburn's just so thin that anybody could come in there and be receiver one. So I think it just really depends. All these guys have talent. Just where are you going? You know? I think Crooms yep. at Minnesota makes a lot of sense, but Altman Bell's back. So that's a little bit tough. But I, I think this is a super deep group, so it's it's been fun to watch.
0: Yep. Uh, Brandon? You have anything, or can we move on? Yep, yeah, just real quick. Nate McCollum's the guy, the, the target
2: one for UNC at wide receiver. Uh, he's been heavily favored. Of course, this is a battle between Georgia, and then I hear Georgia Tech maybe still might be in there. I uh, I grabbed McCollum and Pyram late and uh, some Dynasty as far as like a stash, thinking that would be a nice pairing of the both. But that would be quite the upgrade to go McCollum to Drake May, so I think that would be the way to go. Um, you know, if Georgia does it, then hey, good for Nate McCollum. I'm glad he got his money, but rest in peace to a CFF value. Um, I'm still going to pick lad McConkly and, and go with that. JoJo uh, Earl to TCU would be fantastic. Debose is being pursued by UNC. There is smoke behind that. Uh, Debose and Spencer are the guys behind McCollum that they're very interested in. Like I said, if you're low, you know closer to the East Coast, they're looking at you. Uh, and then, uh, but I do like uh, Earl. TCU, McCollum, uh, that'd be great to have them. Crews of Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota has been proven to have two wide receivers at one time as far as Bateman and uh, Johnson. So let's see that emergence. I would love to see that happen between Bell and, uh, and Corey Crews, whether it's wide receiver one and two or one and A and one B. I like that.
0: All righty. Moving on to the second set of honorable mentions at wide receiver here DeAndre McCray, wide receiver of Austin P., stud at the FCS level, moving up, predictions all over the place on him where he could go troy and georgia southern currently barely the top options although rivals has said that texas tech oklahoma state oregon indiana troy and northwestern are the ones that are battling for him uh chris marshall the five five star freshman wide receiver out of texas a and m he is out of there suspended kicked off the team whatever have you You can believe either Marshall or you can believe Jimbo Fisher. It doesn't really matter. Strong rumors out there that UNC would be involved, or not UNC. We talked about them so much today. USC, the Trojans, would be involved if Marshall became available. Have not gotten updated on that. Christian Leary, another wide receiver out of Alabama. Rivals has said that Florida State and UCF are the most involved there. I don't think I would love him on either one of those, but we'll see. And then two FCS wide receivers here that a lot of recruiting services have ranked very highly on their transfer portal rankings I thought were worth mentioning. Andrew Armstrong, wide receiver out of Texas A&M Commerce. Currently, a crystal ball predicted for him to go to Arkansas on three shares this sentiment as well. That is the dude that I think could very much pull off the Traylon Burks wide receiver one possible option there for them. So definitely somebody to keep an eye on there. And then last but not least, we have DeKeeves the Keese, carter the wide receiver out of fordham very pass heavy offense this year he's one of three wide, thousand yard wide receivers on his team lots of like in my opinion but i don't i'd have to see where he lands before we do a real deep dive on him you boys have any quick thoughts on any of these five or are we ready to hit tight ends and get out of here
1: I don't usually trust FCS receivers, but I think McCray could be fun at like a Louisville, the Western Kentucky, a Texas Tech, just has to hit the right spot. But otherwise, I think interesting names, but these are single bullet, crazy long shots to me.
0: Gotcha. Brandon, real quick, any yeah. of them? I was going to
2: share McCray. is probably one of my favorite FCS receivers. I think a great landing spot for him, any G5. Um, I would love in Western Kentucky, you know those type of spots. Chris Marshall just seems like a USC guy. I don't know why that sounds like it would fit perfectly, but it just sounds like it would fit. Just sounds like that one. Larry's been from what I've heard, he's been talking to Javon Baker. That's the UCF connection that you're that you're seeing on there as well. Um, so Javon might be trying to get his buddy, you know, from Alabama over to UCF to be with JRP. Uh, and the other, uh, I've heard good things about. Uh, I call him DQ, but DQ Carter. I think another one, like McCray, I think he's very close to being a guy that could break out in, in a good G5 spot. So definitely like these options.
0: All right. Let's hit up these tight ends and let's get out of here, boys. First up, we have Jaheim Bell, tight end out of South Carolina. Tight end 13 on the year. We knew that there was a some, um, some angst there. His mother was very vocal on Twitter about him being misutilized. Got a little bit better towards the end of the year when they used him more at running back than they did at tight end or wide receiver. But he's gone. He's currently crystal ball to Florida State. So, Kay, real quick, does that excite you at all? The idea of Jaheim Bell going over to Florida State? Or are we kind of avoiding transfer tight ends altogether because this past year, the highest ranked transfer tight end was, I believe, tight end 35 on the year?
1: I think the class is so weak that, like, I would be fine with Bell at anywhere as long as it kind of makes sense. Florida State kind of makes sense. Um, so I'm I'm down for it. I, I think it's literally Brock Bowers and then like 10 steps down and then like the next, you know, Jatavian Sanders from Texas and then it's like everybody else, right? So I think Bell could fall into a, a good spot. It just depends on the offensive coordinator. Yeah. But uh, FSU feels fun. Louisville feels fun. He feels like a weird fit for Mississippi State. I don't know. Duke uh, could be super interesting.
0: It, it, you're looking at the sheet there. Ignore that. That was that was the thing that got stuck in the header. That was oh, I was going to say,
1: like, what? That feels very weird. <laughs> no, but no, no, like, no, no, no. Just,
0: just Florida uh, State right now.
1: I think anything on the East Coast, Southeast,
0: Florida State, you know, the, all those kind of schools kind of feel interesting enough. Alrighty. We're going to keep moving on because these are tight ends and we don't need to spend all the time on them. This one's interesting to me though. Rivaldo Fairweather, tight end 33 in CFF this year. Tight end out FIU leaving along with Tyrese Chambers. Very much looking to move up and currently on three has him at a 99.4% chance to go to the Auburn Tigers. I mentioned earlier Auburn will be involved in the transfer portal this offseason. It looks like Fairweather is one of those weapons they're looking to get. Brandon, does this excite you whatsoever here?
2: Uh, it's more of a, uh, a wait-and-see type situation. I'd say like a watch list one. I did have Fairweather as one of my watch lists. He was slowly climbing the ranks to tie it in there in CFF this past season. Uh, I did like him better at FIU. Auburn might be interesting with Ashford. Uh, it just kind of depends on how that develops in the offseason. Uh, but for me, it would be a watch list situation. But he is uh, hes looking like he's an Auburn guy. So uh, I'm sure that excites you as a Georgia fan to have to go up against that. <laughs>
0: All right, last tight end we'll touch on here. We got Mr. Eric All, tight end out of Michigan, left on some unsavory uh, terms, it seems like, with the Michigan staff. But he looks like he is going to follow his teammate, Cade McNamara, over to Iowa. And again, that's your dream come true, pretty much, for any tight end prospect, is that they can go over to Iowa best friend good friends with the quarterback it seems like which means he's probably gonna get targeted a ton sam laporta very heavily rumored that he will be moving off to the draft this year so eric all looks like is your tight end for iowa next year which to me makes him immediately at least a tier two tight end going into cff next year that's pretty much my thoughts on it do either one of you boys have quick thoughts on it or did i cover it pretty good there
1: I think it's a great spot for him. I'm really curious about Luke Lachey because he looked really True. good. So it's really a battle of, like, do they survive with two? Honestly, the Titan 2 at Iowa could probably be still a top ends, 25. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think it's a great spot. It makes all the sense in the world. And there's a lot of, like, revenge narrative factor amongst uh, all and Cade, for sure.
0: Absolutely. All righty. Quick. I'm going to just run through these honorable mentions. Okay. Brandon, don't worry about answering to either one of these guys. C.J. Dupree, tight end of Maryland. Uh, offered by Bama, Ole Miss, South Carolina. South Carolina currently the favorite. Replaced Jaheen Bell. Not super excited about that one. Kyle Morlock, we talked about him last week. The massive tight end out of Shorter University. Currently, his predictions are pretty much all over the place. Chris Hummer says, though, that Illinois and Western or West Virginia are the two schools that are in the lead for him. I think either one of those would be a very, very interesting fit for him, for CFF. All right, boys, we've made it. It was a long one, but we covered it. We made it through rain, literal literal rain and shine. We made it through this podcast. You guys have been absolutely awesome. Really appreciate your time that you guys have given us here tonight. Real quick, we talked about it at the top of the show, but uh, Kay, we'll go with you first, and then Brandon, just... Feel free to plug anything you want here at the end before we get out of here.
1: Yeah, just more content. Bet on C two C podcast. We'll probably do something, or I'll maybe do a couple of videos on our random slates, um, some content in terms of articles for the bowl games, and then of course burning the red shirt, which is at BTR underscore pod. I have to like really think about that one for a second, but uh, yeah, anything at, at campus to Canton, lots of different things throughout the bowl season, and then we'll we'll hit off season and be able to sleep for a couple minutes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Brandon, real quick, man, anything you want to plug? Yeah,
2: man. Uh, just keep on looking. at uh, campuscam.com, of course, the uh, bell on CTC. I want to shout out Kay and of course Austin for stepping in for uh, you know, life changes and sometimes and uh, you know. There's sometimes we couldn't get the podcast on, but they were troopers and they carried on. So appreciate that, and also for Kay for the videos and just doing what you're doing, brother. You're doing a great job. Uh, it'll be returning for next year, so you know you can bet on Bet see That we will be back for season two. You know there's DFS and money to be won, so we'll be back at it starting in week zero and probably a week or so before then. But until then, I am transfer. You know I'm switching over. It's now the mindset the future freshman podcast. You'll probably see both of these gentlemen. I'm going to have Kay research some Cole Cabana for some. Again, and a few other of those players. Jared's going to pick three of his favorites in the end of the season, so it'll be a good time. We'll be talking about freshmen, and of course we bring back the Big Fish Small Pond, and that's what I'm looking forward to. We'll get interviews from the upcoming freshmen as well, so we'll get to hear from the new class, and you know, uh, just their thoughts and things like that and what they think about their recruiting and their process and stuff like that. I always love to hear those stories. Um, we had some really great guests. And I'm looking forward to kind of add into that. So just keep it on lock. You'll probably see that at the end of December, early January. And then by February, we're going to get full swing and be back into it. So Future Freshman Podcast is back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Check out everything that those guys just mentioned. And I will go ahead and throw you guys out there what's going on with CTN over the next couple of weeks. We're probably going to get one more pod in next week, but then we will be taking a short break because I will not be in town. And so I would, lo- I would love to keep the show going. But again, when you are off on vacation, there's nothing you really you can do much about that. So we'll be back in January. We'll be hitting the ground running. Uh, late January, I'll be getting the first mock drafts out there. I'll be starting the ADP up. We'll be keeping track of all of the coaching changes, Transfer Portal news, all of that great stuff. Things we noticed from the bowl games, we will cover every single one of it i'm ready to hit the ground running off season is one of my favorite time of the year because everything's speculation and it is just a ton of fun to figure out what's gonna happen so really appreciate you boys coming on here really appreciate all of you guys listening and we will see you guys next time have a wonderful and blessed day